selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. E-L-C. Maybe you're just in your car. Hey, all the folks listening in your car. Thank you. Thank you for putting us on in your car. (laughs) Whatever the case, we're going to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you out of the generosity, the kindness, the support in their hearts. We appreciate it. And in exchange, they get some cool stuff, including ad-free episodes, video versions of the show on demand, and bonus content. Bonus content in the form of feeling this. An entire season of feeling this with Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talking about the feelings behind video games. Season two on its way. And the Wednesday midweek paid DLC program, which uh, is getting universal acclaim. Let me just read you one of the many messages we've gotten. This comes from Anthony, who says, so I was able to rearrange a few things and decided to up my Patreon pledge to get paid DLC. And let me tell you, it's been a delight. Love the main show. Love the paid show. And this was just a final cherry on top as I could not stop laughing. Thank you, Anthony. You can be like Anthony by getting in there at the Cool Ranch level on Patreon at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, 
is a show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who's surviving L.A. Rainpocalypse 2023, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Season two, episode two has been recorded for feeling this. I am editing it. And for folks who are not in our Discord, uh, it's a great Discord. Hang out there. Uh, I need to share this on the main episode. Uh, Jeff, you played Dr. Blark Blark's. Blarky Blark Adventure. <laughs> you and I played it. We talked about it on this show. Yeah, oh, my you, friend. Uh, you got me good on that one. Uh, Dr. Dr. Grordbrot is who you're talking Dr. about, of course. Yeah. A uh, name a... more memorable than the game, I guess, for you. <laughs> a name more memorable <laughs> than the game. Indeed. I played Dr. Grordbrot. And I, uh, I, I, well, I had remembered a game like that, but I wasn't so sure that it had been Grordbrot's. And to be fair, I had to do some rigmarole to set up us playing it. And there was some stuff we weren't allowed to talk about and some stuff we were. So I'm glad yeah. that you deferred. Yeah. I'll just say you were just playing it, right? You didn't know what you could talk about, what you couldn't. You'd forgotten that we four years ago magic we talked leap. about it. Yes. yes, it was on the magic leap. And uh, you had finagled a way for us to get some face on with magic leap way back when. <laughs> it was This was years ago, ago now. We, yeah. called it, we called AR in its middle school stage. Yeah, and I think it should have been in high school by now, but it must have been held back several years. I mean, it's pretty magic. So it's been a while. I don't know when <laughs> yeah. it was, but anyway, yeah. shout out to Grordbrunt and shout out to my memory. You know, <laughs> never fails, and by never fails, I mean always fails. The best part of missing the show is yelling at the show while driving home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you lots of stuff to yell about on this show because. <laughs> It is going to be, I'm going to call it right now. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. We're just starting to record, but I'm worried that we're not going to be able to finish for quite a while because there's just so much, there's too much to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We got the launch of PlayStation VR 2 that happened. We had an entire Sony State of Play. We got news. Oh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, uh, A big, huge new Xbox Game Pass game. It's just, just too much. We might as well just stop now. Or or we could enlist the aid, the help of one of our favorite guests. If it's a big Sony episode, you know we got to go to our go-to Sony correspondent. Because DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But I am very excited this week because once again, DLC stands for displaying laminated cups. Because that's my, that might be how you would refer to trophies. And from the PlayStation Trophy Room podcast, returning champion, our friend Joseph Moran is back with us. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. And let me tell you something. Still, every time I'm on this show, I have to give you props for literally the best intro of all podcasts. Well, thank you. Wow, that's and high praise indeed. I, and listen, if anybody wants to know what the behind the scenes is, Jeff, actually, he talks like this. He talks very slow. He talks very slow. <laughs> he's like, I'm just the preparing. persona him. that I put on. Yeah, yeah he's like, I'm about to yell really loud. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm, I'm so happy to be here, man. This is so excellent. I get to talk about some PlayStation, some VR goodness, and oh my goodness, we have a lot of it. So much uh, to get to. So, so much, much to get to. I did realize, though, if you're talking about the intro, I did realize I wore a red shirt today. 
And I realized I can't do that anymore because as I was doing the intro, my face was becoming the same color as my shirt. <laughs> and I can't let that happen. Anyway. We do we do front load the show. Jeff hits the best intros of any podcast. And then we just ride the rest of the show on those coattails. Like the rest of the show just slowly peters out and gets worse and worse. And worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that whole uh, uh, best. Uh, I think Michael Barbaro might have something to say about it. You know, he's, he's, he's but very slowly. Very slowly, he would say something about it. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into it. As I said, we, we got lots to get to. So let's jump in and talk about the show or start the show the way we always do. The story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's where you can send us any correspondence you'd like us to read. We love getting those emails. We don't always reply to everyone, but we do get all, everyone that we send to us, we read, we appreciate. Thank you for that. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also reach out and be part of the community in a couple of different places. One is our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. And the other is our Discord, a great, wonderful place fantastic folks uh that is also five by five dlc on discord i urge you to take part in the community be one of the cool folks hanging out talking about games and all sorts of other things but joseph you are our guest so you get first pick of stories something tells me the sony state of play might be your pick but i'll let you tell me what is your story of the week i mean this forza no it's it's (laughs) it's the state of play yeah it's the controversial as always state of play of which i love so very much yeah it was a big one this was a jam-packed state of play started with some uh psvr2 games that had had uh, a couple of them we knew about but uh some new psvr2 games coming in 2023 uh we got we got destiny 2 lightfall action we got some other games we got a demo drop day of we got street fighter 6 and we ended with a deep dive into one of the most anticipated games of 2020, 2021, 2022, <laughs> and now 2023, which it sounds like it's actually coming out, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh, coming May 26th, big, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. How long was the... Uh, 15 minutes, 15 yeah. 15 minutes, yeah. Uh, so, Joseph, what, take your pick. Where do you want to start? There's lots to dig into. Uh, what what would you like to talk about from the state of play first? I think it's PSVR 2 just because I'm on the hype that is the launch of PlayStation VR 2. Yeah. Um, and I got to give a shout out to the game shown because for the most part here, they all piqued my interest. Uh, first and foremost, the first game shown, The Foglands. Yeah. Looks phenomenal. Just a paint a picture. It's, it is a roguelike uh, cowboy shooter where it's all about picking up whatever item they said something along the lines of, they always want you to feel like you're in a, you're in a bar brawl. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, you had me there and you had me at the beautiful, you know, cell shaded like aesthetic where it was just overlaid by just, you know, beautiful soul music. And right there, if you get a good, you know, cowboy game with a good soul overlapping song over it, 
nine times out of ten, I'm gonna be enthralled, and that's what <laughs> I was there. That was one of the big games that that stood out to me. What was something that stood out to you? Well, I mean, I certainly of those PSVR two games. I mean, just to list them off: the Foglands, Green Hell VR, which is uh, you know a scary survivaly game, which we knew was coming, but uh, got got some more love. Uh, a new game called Synapse, which also looks like a shooter, but also very stylized, almost kind of some uh, super hot vibes from that one. Uh, Before Your Eyes, which is a game that Christian and I both have gone gaga over when it was released on PC and uh, I believe mobile as well. Right, Christian? That came came out on mobile. Um, Correct. But now I think, you know, it's a game Before Your Eyes to refresh everybody's memory. It's a game you control by blinking. Yeah. Uh, and so it just feels perfect to do it in VR. I think that's going to be an amazing experience on PlayStation VR too. But the game of those first, what, five games that were shown, the game that feels like it was made for me is a game called Journey to Foundation because Ooh. I have said on many podcasts for many, many years, back to the old TRS days, whenever we got, you know, what are your biggest influences? What made you a geek? What made you a nerd? The day my dad handed me his boxed set of two different books. One was Hobbit Lord of the Rings. He had this like old 1960s like paperback box set. And the other was Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy. So I read those as a kid. I must have been 11 or something when he gave them to me. Uh, and they turned me into a full-fledged nerd. I was already a nerd, let's be honest. But uh, they made me fall in love with science fiction. And to have a game based on Isaac Asimov's foundation in VR. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm a little nervous that it's going to be a shooty, shooty, shooter shoots because uh, that's very much not how the foundation novels are, but uh, very excited about journey to foundation. What, what do you think of that one, Joe? You know, for me, I know the foundation off. Like, I think it's the, the, the Apple TV show. Yeah. Yes. That's how I that's how I learned from it. So that one didn't do much for me. I would say the one that did it for me as well was actually before your eyes, because Kyle also my co-host, just every time he gets a chance to talk about before your eyes, it's going to make you cry, Joe. It's going to make you sob big tears. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why you want to be sad all the time, but okay, I get it. Looking at this, though, I love the concept of controlling the game or, or just staring is the core gameplay concept. Like yeah. I love when games get weird. I love that VR seems to be the conduit that allows those type of strange games to exist. So I'm actually, I normally wouldn't be up for a game like this, but because it's in VR, I think that level of immersion is going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to do something for me. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. And I think it's going to be even more beautiful when it's all around you. You're enveloped by that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian, um, conspicuously absent still from PlayStation VR 2 talk is any Half-Life Alex action. So, you know, a little disappointing. But these five next wave of PSVR 2 game reveals, uh, what do you think? Do you think it, it, you know, bolsters this launch? Or do you think these are still kind of lacking any kind of marquee value? I think it bolsters the launch in the sense that they're showing there's more coming. You know, like this was Thursday. When did PSVR 2 launch? I don't even know. Uh, Before Thursday, like right the same day, Wednesday. So like a lot of times things come out and it's quiet, you know, and then uh, when are more games coming? Oh, don't worry, we're working on it. And then they're not. (laughs) (laughs) And this is they still have more coming. And, And it wasn't 
all launch window also. It was like, these are games that are coming. Some of them are launch window. Some of them maybe later. I, I do think... I mean, I'm still rooting for Alex not to show up just because of our prediction show. But <laughs> I, I do things like I do think things like Astrobot and um, London Heist. What was that? The Blood, oh, Blood and Truth. Truth. Blood yeah. and Truth. I think there were glaring omissions still, yeah. but it's cool to see new IP. I know the foundation is not new IP, um, but I think that's a cool area for that thing to go into VR for that IP to go into. VR and I, I think um what was the other one synapse I think you said yeah, was yeah. that I feel like that game uh, was designed for a headset I mean obviously it's a VR game but it seemed to be very much aware of what it was doing and not we can port this to VR um so I think that's exciting and I think folks that have headsets it's nice to be uh reaffirmed that there's more games coming like when I bought my Steam Deck it was nice to see games come out after that that were verified for deck <laughs> and it wasn't right, like right, right. did these 10 games and we're done we're not, you know? <laughs> yeah and we're done yeah i uh, really like synapse as well because that is that is from a studio that really does believe in vr in a big way most of their games or or recent games have been vrs so like far cry and yeah. uh, i know people love frack and this game looks like yeah super hot mixed with uh control mm-hmm. and so i am 100% all in. I, I, Yeah, this VR section had me all the way through. You were amped right away. Uh, mm-hmm. So after that, any what is the next standout? I mean, are you a Destiny guy or is it, what, what, what's the next? I mean, we don't even have to go in order. What, yeah. Is there, we can skip right to uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad or we can talk about something that maybe um, might be under some folks' radar. What What is the next thing? That you'd so, like to talk about. I do want to talk about Destiny because I watched that trailer and immediately I DM'd one of my one of my buddies who's a big Destiny nut. I'm like, is life all the way to, to get me back in? Because that trailer had me. Like, yeah. I, I have no idea what I'm gonna be doing if if I even get it, but someone needs to be my Sherpa because that that trailer had me. Bungie knows how to how to orchestrate a beautiful trailer. But the game that had me so hyped, uh and and it's it's Baldur Gate uh Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, I know. I I can't uh, it's hard for me to uh square the circle in my head that mm-hmm. my most anticipated game of the next, you know, 4 or 5 months is uh, already installed on my hard drive. <laughs> 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 but it's the truth. Uh Baldur's Gate 3, we got a release date. We knew it was coming in August, but now we know it is actually the very last day of August, August 31st. Uh, my birthday month, so it feels good. Coming to PS5, we also got confirmation later in the week from Larian that it is also coming to Xbox. Yep. So uh, Xbox gamers won't be left out Fret of not. this. But um, but uh, it's I I bought the early access in 2020 uh, of this game, so it's been sitting on my hard drive. The first act has been sitting on my hard drive uh, for quite a while. But I'm very excited uh, that the full game will arrive August 31st. And yeah, man. It looks so good, Joe. It looks so good. So good. Yeah. This is this is a, a, a game series that when it originally released, and, and I know this this guy this is gonna make you guys feel old. Maybe even some people driving in the car, maybe pull over because you're gonna feel like Yoda at the at the end of episode three here. Um, I wasn't allowed to play because my mother saw the cover of the the game <laughs> and she thought that that was a devil game and she she, she would never let me play it because I was I mean, not wrong not wrong oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> not right wrong. so I, like I was just a wee little top 
now me no being Diablo on, for you either, huh? <laughs> no, no. Oh my God. <laughs> the, 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 the ways I was able to just get games I shouldn't have. It was <laughs> impressive. Wow. Um, but no, this is a, this is a series I've always wanted to get into. Um, and me not being a PC guy, I just thought oh, it looks like I'm never going to be able to, to try this out. But now it finally coming to consoles. Yeah. August 31st. Um, I love a good ARPG. So this, this has me. And it's going to have split screen local co-op. It's going to have full controller support. Like it's going to be a console game. I think that's, that's pretty exciting in and of itself because, you know, they, they did that with divinity a while after it, you know, years after it released on PC Uh, and it worked really well, but I love that this is, this happened right from the start. It's coming out on consoles. It's going to be a console game. And I think, I think that's pretty exciting. Sorry, Christian, I interrupted you. I was going to say uh, two two quick things about this game and then the trailer. I love the way they announced the release date and they're like, hey, hey, kid, going back to school? <laughs> sorry, you're failing first semester. Uh, <laughs> first sorry, quarter grades, sorry, they're going to suck. Welcome to the right. dorm. Uh, yeah, but yeah. guess what? Parents, your kids are going back to school? Guess what? <laughs> you can play. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be so excited. <laughs> your kids are going to fail, but you're going to have fun playing co-op with them. Um and what an effective trailer where it really felt like it's like, oh, that's a good I remember watching it's like a, a minute, almost two minutes long trailer. I remember I'd be like, that's an effective trailer. Oh, it's not oh, you can do that too, huh? Oh, yeah, that's an <laughs> oh, there's a custom, there's a creative character. Now the trailer's gonna be over. Nope, now now you're a bear. Yeah, that's a good ass trailer. Okay. Yeah, no, there's a plot point. That is a good cinematic. Like it just kept doing like yeah. the who wants a beer? You wanna hold one? You wanna hold one? You wanna hold one? You wanna hold one? Day and date console. It was an effective trailer. Oh, and I am so excited yeah. for that game. It's gonna be it's gonna be like 150 hours. It's gonna be nuts. Easy. Yeah. It's bonkers. Uh the first act is already like 20 hours, you know, and it's it'd be barely you can't even you don't even get to Balder. You don't get to Baldur's Gate, you know, you don't even get to the, the, the city of Baldur's Gate. Uh the title, the titular city. Um anyway. I, I love the idea of uh of your mom not letting you play Baldur's Gate and then you, you could you could theoretically be like, but Baldur's Gate, it has nothing. It's it's just a it's not it's a fan. But then Diablo comes along and there's just no argument. You're like, no, it's right. It's named after the devil. I can't. Yeah, I get it. I there's mean, you no- just look at the cover. That is Satan. I understand. Oh, I guess I'm not going to be able to listen to this album called Curtain Call either, Mom, because you don't want me to know about curtains. I get no. it. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> uh, it's about home decorating, Mom. <laughs> But you wouldn't understand that. <laughs> uh, Christian, um, I know that the thing that you were most keen to see in the uh, state of play was uh, Suicide Squad. But do you want to, should we tease that a little longer? Is there anything else you want to pull out of this before we get there? Well, hopefully by next week, I'm gushing about Lightfall. So uh, yeah. uh, Joseph said it well. Bungie makes one of the best trailers. And oddly, I never get upset about them being misleading i don't think they are but i am always impressed with how much like third person aerobic flipping happens when like you don't do that like you don't you you have some cool jumps and some dashes but it's always like the the cinematics and destiny are just top notch and they keep finding ways to elevate it which is a game that launched on what ps3 xbox 360 or there was a version of it of destiny 2 on that console too I, i believe and what they keep putting forward and then also working within that engine. They haven't done a 
uh, Fortnite, you know, we're dropping this old spec. You got to download new engine, but like bringing it into the city and like the neon lights and finding ways to make those enemies look exciting again. And I loved Witch Queen. You know, everybody makes fun of me about it, but hey, which very queen close. Did you like? You tell me. Um, <laughs> yes, the answer is it was, yes. It was going to be, you know, very much one of my favorite gaming experiences of last year as an expansion because it was like a twelve-hour narrative thing, and so I'm excited that Lightfall can do that as well. And just super effective trailer every yeah. day, and also their voice talent keeps showing up. Okay. Like, I don't know if they've locked them into it. You know, they did like it's COVID. You're going to record the next 10 cinematics, <laughs> but it's such a well done game. But yeah, I mean, Suicide Squad was the biggie and I think it was positioned as the biggie. They announced like it's going to be 15 minutes of Suicide Squad. Um, Joseph, I saw I, I saw your tweets about it after the fact. Um, so I'll start. Yeah, please. I don't think it looks good. And I, I kind of don't want to like. I know online hasn't been happy, so I'm not going to try to be like toxic fan person. I'm going to try to explain why I'm a little nervous. Well, and to, to, to frame it, I know that loyal listeners of the show know this already, but I'll just underscore the fact that nobody loves a rock steady more than Christian Spicer. You're like, uh, I think Arkham is in your top, what, three or five games ever? I mean, there's three of them, and they're in my top three. You know, so what do you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know there's yeah, Last I- of Us. Last of Us is in there, but then, but then it's like really soon you get to Arkham, right? Well, there's two Last of Us, so they're my top two. That's how it works. Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those Arkham games I think are incredible. I love that Rocksteady combat system, and I love their environmental storytelling. Um, you know, the way they would set up a world even before you met like Killer Croc or Mr. Freeze or any of the quote unquote bosses or whatever you'd experience, you'd kind of get in their world first. And I thought it was so captivating in this creepy version of Gotham that they made. And then City opened it up and you could explore the whole thing and incredible voice acting performances. Uh, I, I loved, I still love, I love those games. Arkham Knight still looks incredible. You know, go, go play that. It's on Game Pass. It looks incredible even today. And I Suicide Squad is the next game from Rocksteady. They did the VR game, the Arkham VR, which I, I liked so also good. on PlayStation VR 1. And this has been like, you know, it's been seven, eight years, I think, since uh, Arkham Knight. And I like the Suicide Squad. I, I like OG Suicide Squad before they had named characters in it, you know, <laughs> that anyone would know. Um and I like this retcon version of Suicide Squad that has uh, sidekicks of characters that you would know. I, I hope this game's great. I, I truly do. And Rocksteady has not let me down. But also CD Projekt Red made Witcher 3 and then they made Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, so I want to articulate and not just kind of like say it's bad. I think what has me nervous about this game is the, the amount... Works. Well, <laughs> the amount of shooting, the amount yeah. of shooting. And so you have four characters, Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, Deadshot, and Captain Boomerang. And they all have guns and shoot. Captain Boomerang literally has boomerangs. And again, change comics, adapt things. Last of Us TV show, what a great TV show. It changed whole storylines. It, it changed things. But it just feels like they made every character very... Similar, like they all have a wacky way to transport around the world. Harley has a drone, 
that she throws and then grapples onto and captain boomerang can teleport and shark can and, and, and it just felt like samey in a way of like every character kind of like destiny which i love uh but like yeah there's classes are, are there um and it felt very bullet spongy the amount of taking down of the enemies on screen despite the fact that they all had these big purple glowy orbs of like shoot this there's a, a moment in the trailer they showed where deadshot i i think i'm not trying to exaggerate literally shoots at a purple orb for almost 10 seconds and nothing happens it's just taking that like 10 seconds of pure shooting into this clearly marked thing to shoot and then there was other wacky stuff in the trailer where they, or maybe in the deep dive where they're like, and you can unlock great cool bullets for your thing. Like this bullet is the Bane bullet. So it's like, brings that character in. So when you shoot, it has like Bane's vent. No, no, it doesn't. No one, no one thinks, do you know what I want? In my gun. Bane bullet, Bane bullet. That's <laughs> I wish Bane was in this game as a bullet. Oh, you don't want my bullets, Christian. <laughs> you were born in the bullet. bullet. <laughs> you only became a bullet. I was born a bullet. Um, a lovely gun. Yeah. <laughs> ooh. Best Bane impression was the last one. Joseph had yeah, to show us right, both up. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Thank you. You got it better than all uh, of us. And, and so, again, I think the character animations were awesome. I love seeing Metropolis look very different. But it felt very weird for them to tell me over and over again that this this is a continuation of the Arkham story. You know the one where... Spoiler for the VR game. You know the one where we murdered Batwing violently? You know the one where... Batman might be dead. You know the one where... Well, this is five years later. And now it's guns and purple stuff, baby. But it's a continuation of what we did before. I, I don't, it, the gear, the gear spec, that screen of Captain Boomerang with his gun and his skins and this point up and that point down and zabby dooby. I'm scared, Jeff and Joseph. <laughs> well, yeah. Joe, what, what is your take? Um, I think you said everything so dang well. Like, I can't refute anything that you just stated because a lot of it's right. Like, yeah, shoot big purple orb for like 10 plus seconds. That that doesn't seem great. Yeah, everybody's using a gun. And like watching it a second time and I'm like watching Captain Boomerang use an SMG on a crowd of enemies. You're like, okay, all right. something Something's amiss. But at the same exact time, I walk in as not a huge, you know, Suicide Squad fan. So I walked in with the first movie. I thought that was fine. Uh, I walked, you know, into uh, James Gunn's version and I loved that one. But like, I don't have a huge attachment. So what I was able to see was a game that looks like two games that I really love. Uh, one of them being Crackdown 1. Yeah. I'll preface that. But it's and all the, the parts one... of Crackdown 1 that aren't the best parts of Crackdown. No, man. Like, so the for best me, part like, of crackdown is getting orbs, bro. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, to me, it's like all about jumping around and just jumping yeah. the size of a sky- skyscraper. You know, looking <laughs> at some of the, yeah. some of the traversal that Harley does on the ground. And I think even Captain Boomerang, it reminded me a bit of like Sunset Overdrive when they were talking about, Hey, we want to marry traversal with combat. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I, I like the sound of that. So like seeing some of the things that like how, you know, Captain Boomerang would deal with a mob or seeing Harley deal with a mob because those are two characters that stuck out to me. 
I was looking at the combat not as like this is a DC property, but more as like this looks like a fun game that I'm going to be playing. It's not going to be probably my my game of the year, but it looks it looks good for me to go out out there and play with my friends. And the story has me also engaged. You know, we know that Rocksteady can make a great single player story, and seeing what they have kind of alluded to or illustrated has me excited but it also does seem like they are saying hey this is connected to the arkham series for it to be connected with the arkham series Mm. Uh, because you're right you know it it doesn't visually um and even tonally it doesn't match and maybe that's just because the vibes of metropolis is so much different from gotham right like snyder tried to illustrate that as well but to me i i understand that there are things uh, amiss especially for comic book fans but i'm not coming in through that lens i'm just coming in through all right this looks like a fun co-op game that i'm gonna be i'm gonna be playing a lot of with my friends so when you're talking about like your score i'm like i like that I like the Borderlands gun, and you know what? I like the Bane coat. Okay, I like it. <laughs> you know, it makes me oh, look stylish. Do you, Batman? That's right. Nobody cared who I was until I put on the fedora. <laughs> you know, like so. Yeah, um, no, it, it, it looked it looked good. I'm gonna give enough. it a shot. I, I, you know, I think there is a very good chance that this game is super fun to play. Uh, it, it may be a very very fun experience, especially in co op with a bunch of people hopping around, doing crazy, you know, bouncing all over the rooftops and shooting the purple uh, orbs, uh, gooby bits, whatever. Um, I'm definitely much more in the Christian camp on this one in that I saw that and I was very crestfallen uh, Mm. as to what this game looks to be. Um, And I'll frame it slightly differently in that I think one of the revelations of the first Batman Arkham game, uh, Arkham Asylum, is that Rocksteady did what no one had really done before, which is create a great superhero game, like a truly great... They showed how to do superhero in video game to the extent where, you know, one of the best games I think of all time, Spider-Man cribs liberally from it basically just goes we just got to do that because it's the best way to do it (laughs) you know like they went and said hey in a in a time when that when that game came out we were you know first person shooters were everything and they went hey look what we can do we can make hand-to-hand combat incredibly fun i mean obviously the hand-to-hand combat video games before but i think it was a revelation to kind of do it the way they did it yeah. And to see this game go, I was going to make a shooter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it feels a little bit like a, a step backward uh, for them as a studio for superhero games to go, hey, we can show everybody how to do a superhero game where you don't have to shoot all the time to, oh, here's how you do a superhero game when you shoot all the time. It's like, yeah. oh, no, is that really what where we're going is just making all the superheroes into a third person shooter that we've seen a million times that that's my worry. That's what I took away from the 15 minutes. And that's why I'm so sad about it because I think, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. And I think it it, it illustrates a good point because, you know, the one thing that I'm surprised nobody's like brought out is 
you know, we, we tried the, the superhero game where everybody shoots with each other. It's called Batman city imposters, right? right? Didn't do that. Great. Um, and when it comes to, you know, Rocksteady, you're right. They showed everybody how to make a good superhero. Like they were, they, and they still are. Hey, if you're going to make a good superhero game, look at Batman, look at Spider-Man. And it seems like what people are kind of crestfallen about, like you said, is it seems like they led before and now they're following. Yes. And I think that's- we know what Rocksteady's capable of. So we take a look at this going, eh, that looks a little safe for you guys. I think I that's also, perfectly said. Go ahead, Christian. I, I think nothing about the level design shown in the trailer seemed interesting or metropolis y, other than that it's bright colors. It, that could have been anywhere. Oh, mm. and they had to show us there's a Superman statue. Oh, okay, because it's metropolis. Um, I like the bright it, colors. I like the bright I colors hoping, as well. You know, that's one of the things I was excited about Rocksteady getting out of dark, moonlit night Gotham City stuff. I, I'm happy about that. Yeah, uh, but I, I think also if they, if they wanted to make a shooty shoot, um, I, I don't I, – I guess I kind of don't understand why this is a continuation of Arkham. Maybe there's some cool narrative something or other, but like Harley – Harley went to Europe for those five years between games or whatever. You know, she came back. She's like, ah, I am in – I was in London. I look like this now, and now I have this jetpack. Like she's she's changed. Well, she got recruited by the Suicide Squad. She got recruited by Suicide Squad, and I, I, I truly feel like, again, as in – I came to it. It was created before I was born, but I came to it very early in my comic book reading uh, lifespan as an OG Suicide Squad fan. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Suicide Squad is it's I think it's best when it's this rag. It's Suicide Squad. It, yeah. And someone over there, someone somewhere on a high level really wants Suicide Squad to be a thing versus one thing I really liked about the James Gunn uh dcu announcement chat was about wildcats like you have you have shooty shoots yeah you you have shooty shoots of an ip that joseph would look at and go this looks like a fun shooty shoots game and i would be like a wildcats game heck yes (laughs) or so again i i look forward to talking on this podcast later kind of like i did with uh guardians of the galaxy and being like i love it This is a great game. Everyone needs to play it. But I'd be lying to you two in our audience if I said I watched this presentation and was like, where do I pre-order the collector's edition? Yeah, I I agree with that. I I hope I hope we're all eating crow and going, man, they were right the whole time. My biggest caveat, honestly, is that they haven't shown the stuff that's in the title, which is how do you kill the Justice League? Because the Batman Justice gets League, a purple spot on his back. Well, I was going to say the Justice League aren't going to jump around with a big purple bulb on there. Uh, maybe they will. I don't know, but I doubt it. I just, I and I feel like that might be the saving grace of this. If the boss fight against the Flash and against Wonder Woman and against the against the Justice League, each of those boss fights is incredible. That could be the whole game, and they maybe they're just sort of holding on to that, and they're showing you the the goofy tentacle fights. But the real coolest part of the game is what's in the title. And I'm hopeful that that is the case. All right. Um, we can move on from the, the, the state of play. But I, will, I, I just want to uh, shout out Street Fighter VI, which, like, I'm absurdly excited for. It's a game I know, <laughs> like, with all of the, the latest Street Fighter releases, well, I'll play for, like, a month and then realize how terrible I really am at it, but I had a good time. And that's probably what it'll be with six, but it looks so good. Like the Zangief announcement part looks so rad. 
that was so rad. Um, so anyway, I, I'm kind of still popping like a mark for all the Street Fighter announcement videos. Um, and then the Wayfinder game, uh, which kind of looks bland and uninteresting uh, mostly to me, except the fact that it's Airship Syndicate. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a lot of faith in that studio. I think Ruined King is woefully underrated. Uh, nobody talks about that game. It's really good. And um, Darksiders Genesis. Christian, you had it on your top five one year. Whatever that yeah, year. Yeah, I really loved it. Was, right? I played yeah. it exclusively on Stadia. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you did. That's just how long ago it was. Um, anyway, so I hope Wayfinder's great, but it, it that trailer certainly didn't uh, pop. Pop. That's a great way well, to Well, it was it. hard because it was paired with against Baldur's Gate 3. I know they yeah. separated them, and I know they're slightly different genres, but also it was like, here, here's the sequel of one of the best who have ever done anything like this, and this one's awesome, and then here's a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, humanity when we get when we get to uh, the, talking about the games we've been playing because um, we've been playing it. Um, but I'm very excited to talk about that game. All right, uh, already way long. But Christian, uh, story of the week. I know that the state of play is the story of the week. But anything else you want to bring up quickly? I mean, the other thing that I'd want to mention is uh, again continuing litigation coverage. And <laughs> yes, it's, it's super my- important to talk about. Microsoft and NVIDIA, assuming the partnership goes through and their their merger of Activision happens, Microsoft and NVIDIA have signed a deal to bring Xbox PC games in Call of Duty to GeForce Now. And I think this is super fascinating because Xbox has a cloud-based streaming service already. Yeah. And I think this was a big part of some of the holdouts. They also signed one with, with Nintendo. And we can talk about that if you all want to. But the Ten one I think years more of Call of Duties on, on Nintendo systems. Day and day, all features is what they've said. Yep. And they're literally I, like, this... just let us buy the company. We'll let everyone have <laughs> Call of Duty. What? I don't care. Where do you want us to put the Call of Duty? We'll put it there. We'll put just it on us... Engage. We'll put it on <laughs> Engage. On. We'll put it on the Apple Watch. What do you want? <laughs> I don't care. Take the Call of Duty. We don't just let us buy it. Yeah. And I, I think this xCloud and GeForce Now thing is huge. I, I, I like xCloud. I think it's a nice, you know, plus to have with Game Pass Ultimate. It's not the reason that you would subscribe, I think. Whereas GeForce Now, if you have good internet, can be your gaming PC. Like, it's that good and it's on every screen. And if they get access to Xbox PC games as part of that, which I, you'd have to buy. But what I'm hoping is that another part of this announcement is like Game Pass on Game Pass on you GeForce can't, Now. It, it, that's where your mind immediately goes, right? Is they don't, X, then, PC then Game Pass? Getting, oh, yeah, they're getting your on. money already. And then yeah. they'd also try to woo you away from it by being like, yeah, yeah, all Xbox games are on GeForce Now and you can play those via the cloud and that's great. And they will be great and they'll probably play the best of any cloud service that way. But then they'll also be like, but on Xbox Cloud, we also have Arkham Knight, you know not a xbox game so it's not on that one but it's on, and there's going to be this little a little bit of a pissing contest between the two of them but mm-hmm. i'm excited to see this because i think that having more games on more cloud catalogs is going to make all cloud catalogs better um mm-hmm. and the more games on geforce now the better and the more people putting money and investing in, in this space i think is exciting and i was not expecting this as a as a just let us buy it concession of uh <laughs> going to nvidia but i'm super excited by it 
Joseph, are you uh, are you thinking this merger is going to go through? Is, is, is Microsoft seems to be willing to make tons of concessions here. Um, yeah. What do you think? I mean, we've been you know humbly right, you know, since day one here on the Trophy Room of where this thing was going to go through, and we said it's it's going to go through. Microsoft going to make concessions. That's how this thing goes through. They don't want to take this to litigation. I don't know bird law enough to tell you if this is a pass or fail. Uh, so all I can say is, to me, it makes sense. Uh, it seems like Xbox is working around PlayStation in order to get PlayStation in line with everybody else. Um, and that's what really fascinates me here. Because like the Nintendo thing, it's like, all right, unless Soap McTavish is wearing a Mario hat, there's no way I'm going to buy that on Nintendo. Right, but yeah. it'll be a cloud version, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Parody, whatever that means. Um, yeah, there's a get bunch it. of they'll people who are like, "Yay, Call of Duty on my Switch!" I mean, I guess, I guess there's a few of those, but um, I mean, to the six people, be excited. But yeah. I think the big thing here is what what Christian said is Nvidia. You know, a lot of these regulators, from what we can tell, are really cautious about the cloud market and how this purchase could yeah. influence it and what type of you know majority or plurality that of the market that that Microsoft could get out of it just off the gate but you know by allowing Xbox games by allowing Activision games theoretically you're also throwing in games like Diablo in there right yeah. mm-hmm. so you know you're throwing games like again theoretically like Elder Scrolls or something like that in there so yeah if I'm Nvidia I, I kind of got everything I want I'm now just curious what the holdout is for PlayStation because as it seems, you know, they got Steam or sorry, they got Valve, Nvidia, Nintendo all on their in their court. What is what is the card that Sony is holding behind their back that still they think has Microsoft sheepish or at least letting them or or, or forcing them to make these deals, mm-hmm. right? That's no. the thing that that I'm I'm curious about, but I think all in all, this thing goes through no problem. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. June is evidently the the first deadline, so we'll see. But um, you know, just to put a, a finer point on it, maybe it's obvious to everybody, but just to be explicit about it, the the claim is, hey, can't do this because they'll have a monopoly, and Microsoft counter is, we can't be a monopoly if we're letting everybody have it. So we'll see if that's a persuasive argument. Yeah. We'll see. Um, they also had a slide at a presentation that they pulled from it. And I think Forbes reported on it. And then one of the slides was number of PlayStation exclusive games and properties. And it's like this huge list of all these prestigious games. And then it's like the crap we've made in the last yeah. three years. Like <laughs> Xbox, like, look at Crackdown 3 sucked. No one, no one <laughs> yeah, bought it for that. But that's how that, I mean, whoa, that's whoa, how this whole discussion has been. It's been so funny. Sony's like, all we have is Battlefield. It's garbage. <laughs> Xbox is like, we spent 10 years in development for Crackdown 3, and Joseph's the only guy who likes it. No, 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 no. I, I have to, I have, listen, I have to give, you know, that, it ain't me, it's it's my good friend Luke Lore of the Xbox Expansion Pass. He is the only person with a Crackdown 3 sweater, might I add. He loves it. Well, hey, I'll be honest, the sweater's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice fleece. Of all the video games to have sweaters... That one is the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think these are um, very important developments as this yeah. as this road to acquisition uh, continues. Um, 
You know, I'll just throw onto the pile of uh, interesting stories that happened this week. I don't know if it's my story of the week because, man, that that uh, that state of play was darn good. And this, uh, you know, this Xbox stuff is pretty fascinating. But uh, speaking of Xbox things, there's a new expansion for Forza Horizon 5 coming March 29th, which was just announced. They had their own little uh, Forza Horizon event. And if folks listen to this podcast to get their news, I would be remiss in not mentioning it. It is uh, going to be called Rally Adventure, uh, and it takes you to uh, Sierra Nueva to explore six new biomes, including an abandoned quarry and a palm forest, and there's new vehicles and uh, uh, more Horizon, uh, Force Horizon 5, which is was our DLC game of the year two years ago, year before last, uh, and uh, deservedly so. It's a fantastic game. Um, so I'm excited for more. Christian, and it's on everything. You, you Nvidia, you want it? Switch, you want, <laughs> Anyone wants it? There's no monopoly. Come on. All right. Uh, let's move on because we got a lot to get to still and talk about the games that we have been playing in a segment we call Playlist. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us. Ooh, what you playing this week? Tell us on the now, I am very excited to talk about PlayStation VR 2. I know Joseph Moran is very excited as well. We're going to do that in the VR segment, which will be after this one. So I know a lot of what you have been playing, Joe, on your playlist is that. And we will get to it. But other than VR, what have you been playing? I've been playing this little game called Sea of Thieves. Because you are a Sony that's right. You're in the pocket of. Oh wait, what? Sea of Thieves? Oh, that's <laughs> no. Sony can have it. Just take it, <laughs> please. You know how cool. I, if I could platinum Sea of Thieves, guys, I wouldn't be on this show. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, Sony can't have it. Never mind. <laughs> off the table, please. Uh, no, uh, you know, Sea of Thieves just got uh, 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 an update. One of them being Halo Cosmetics, and as the host of a PlayStation show, of course, I immediately went over and bought it all. Because you can have a little Cortana-like compass, and it looks it's awesome. Uh, but other than that, they they added um, a new uh, outpost and everything like that. It's it's a nice old quality of life update for the game that puts a, a nice aesthetic uh, polish to it. It looks like they're really growing the world in, in a more bombastic way and giving it a bit more of a not just like an update visually but um uh its own a bit of its own personality to it so mm. there's a new outpost that looks just beautiful that i just keep on getting lost into but I, this is one of my favorite co-op games of all time uh it's awesome to just jump back in through like a couple months long break and just sink a whole bunch of ships ruin other people's nights you know <laughs> it's just sea of thieves man it's special do you I, have I a, a so group much. that you always play with is that what what you, you, you yeah. know like your, your your pirate crew yeah you know again shout out to luke um mm. i'm constantly carrying him throughout all of it <laughs> uh no it's cool because sea of thieves is like everybody has their thing so like like our buddy luke he is the captain of the ship he he, he drives the thing right uh kev is is the guy that's on the cannons i'm the guy i'm the swashbuckler like <laughs> i'm the guy that will get on the other boat and just cause a ruckus and nothing nothing is better 
than to cause a just legitimate panic when like <laughs> you board their ship, you just hit that anchor and then everybody's like, what's happening? What's going on? And I disguise myself as a barrel, like just to hide <laughs> so nobody can see me. So good. It's so good. And again, still after so many years since it's released back in what, like 2016, 17, still there's just so much fun to be had there. So check out Sea of Thieves. I heard it's on a thing called Game Pass. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it's a great game. Awesome. I see if these people who love it love it. You know, it's I, and I love hearing stories about it. I love that notion of you hi- <laughs> just dropping other people's anchors and then hiding as a barrel. Yeah. Hilarious. It's great. Hilarious. Uh, Christian, you and I have both been playing a game this week that was a big new release on the aforementioned Game Pass. Um, that's how I played it on PC Game Pass. Uh, with my beefy GP because it supports DLSS 3.0. So, you know, I'm downloading that. Uh, but this has been a massive success uh, in just the first week of release. It's called Atomic Heart. I know you've been playing it. I've been playing it. Let's start with what, what, what do you, what are your, what's your take on Atomic Heart? I hate it. And I feel bad being a downer on this week's show. I think it controls poorly. It feels kind of floaty like a 20, 2005 PC first-person shooter. I was playing with a, a controller. Um, all, I'm not even on social media, but I still saw the protagonist in Forsp- Forspoken get dragged for that dialogue and the conversation with its cuff. The protagonist in Atomic Heart P3 or something like that. Yeah, I, can, I cannot stand him. He is and a jerk. To be fair, he talks to his cuff. Yes, and th- that interaction is... And also, I didn't know what he was talking... Because, like, you don't know that your glove's talking at first, but it's your glove talking, and it's bad, and he's just a jerk to everybody, and the save room cartoons were racist for a while, and what? sexist. Oh, they have, like, straight-up, like, uh, blackface and, like, no. caricatures, and they've said they're patching them out. Uh, and it just maybe i've been overly bioshocked but it feels and i know it's by same but it's like here's a futuristic world where like isn't this cool but it's evil of course it's evil look what your robots look like you designed creepy evil robots and so i want to hear what you have to say but i don't want to spend a ton of time on it because this i've been really keeping this for a long time and i want to talk about all the games i've been playing Whoa! on my playstation oh, vr2 God. I've been keeping this surprise from you for so long, you Jeff. So, so long. Excuse oh. me while I go update our show doc real quick with everything <laughs> that ah, I've actually Christian. been playing. Hold on, let me just copy. You're in there now. Hey, oh, there it is. There's everything Amazing. that I've been playing. Oh, sorry. Also, right. I do. I hate it. I hate Atomic Heart. I played two and a half hours of it. I did not enjoy any of it, and I deleted it off my hard drive. All right. Okay. I think he's a jerk. He's a jerk, and I don't want to spend time with the jerk. It does. Uh, the, I will agree that the game is a huge throwback to a bygone era of gaming that uh, generally was not good. Um, the it, So here's here's my experience with Atomic Heart. I didn't really know much about it. I, I downloaded it. I was very excited about a new DLSS 3. 3.0 game. <laughs> yes, same. Loved, PC all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm such a, I'm in the tank for that technology, but man, I'm in the tank, tank for the tech. Uh, and it's true. I will play anything with DLSS 3 because it is incredible. It looks so good on my, on my beefy GP. And, and I know that's obnoxious to talk about a, a very expensive uh, GPU, but ladies and gentlemen, 
when the four thousand series of nvidia gpus uh gets a little less expensive and more or more commonplace it just becomes you the dls is 3.0 of the world it, it's a game changer it like is through true. geforce now perhaps where you can play xbox games you you can play- <laughs> uh yeah uh, anyway so um I, I was very excited to jump into atomic heart i think the first 15 to 20 minutes of this game are incredible incredible you don't play anything but it's in an incredible world building. Uh, I mean, you, it is very, very Bioshock in the sense that, you know, you're living, there's these sky cities and it's a, uh, you know, a, a strange sort of um, uh, retro futuristic look and feel. It is, very, it has very big Bioshock vibes, especially Bioshock Infinite, um, which was also a sort of sky city. And the beginning of Bioshock Infinite is very much setting the stage and storytelling, and even more than the first Bioshock was, where you go down uh, into the depths. Um, because you you meet all these people, and there's like, you see the the hustle and bustle. The world feels alive in a really cool way. And so it is with Atomic Heart. And it does this, it, it has really wonderful flourishes at the beginning, where you're having this big swooping, uh, aerial tour of the all this big open world that you're going to eventually go into and there's all this pageantry and and cool uh realization of what the world is like you know before all the s hits the f and things go bad and you know as is inevitable with games like this but you get to see sort of the height of this society this fictionalized world and it does feel like awesome world building and i was like man this game is gorgeous gorgeous visual splendor aplenty it is it is really just sort of showing off in those first 20 minutes and then you start playing the game and i very quickly realized the same thing christian does which is oh i don't like this at all um it is uh it's a throwback to a sort of an old school kind of video game that i think we departed from in a good way i don't think it's the it's the duke newcombs of the world the light the like, you but know, not a joke. It, like, it's right? not a joke. It takes itself way too seriously. You're right, and I think Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem pretended to be a joke, but also took itself seriously. I think <laughs> fair, um, fair, yeah. You know, times, as yes. opposed to something like Bulletstorm, which legitimately was making a joke about it. You know, um, and I think there's like those old like '90s when video games were are aimed at a very narrow portion of the audience like 14 year old boys you know like they're like we're just gonna own 14 year old boys when ign had a babes section of their website right yes uh and i mean this game you probably if you have been keeping up with it at all you've been reading about this but i'll mention it this game like there's an automated upgrade machine the kind of thing you see in a lot of games like bioshock had the uh, it's a circus of values. You know, you walk up to the machine and you interact with it and you upgrade your weapons and stuff. What does this one do though, Jeff? Do, do an impression one, of this one. <laughs> it's baffling, man. Hey there, Jeff. It's baffling. <laughs> while, it's a, a, while a racist cartoon plays in the corner. It's a sex bot, I guess, that wants to molest you in some way. And you have to. I saw that. I saw that and uh, made me uncomfortable. I, I just so thought of dumb. like. How did someone get the inspiration for that? <laughs> I mean, it's just dumb. It, like, it, yeah. and it, 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 it's dumb. And I've read that, like, at a certain point in the game, a point I did not get to, but at a certain point in the game, it just stops doing that. 
Like you have to deal with it for several hours of gameplay. And then at a certain point, they just abandon it completely. And you just can walk up and it starts and you use it. And there's none of that. It's like, so, it's so weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The dialogue is not great. The voice acting is not great. The, uh, and the, and the, and the, there's a lot of hand to hand combat in the game, which I think is really not great. Not good. Um, there are games, first person games that do hand to hand combat. Well, and this game, I don't believe, is one of them, at least for me. Uh, I, I do think the game is beautiful. I mean, I love the look of it. Uh, and I think the, the design of the world, the design of the robots, the, the, the art direction of the game is really cool. Really cool. But man, playing it, I was, I was like Christian. I was like, well, luckily I don't have to spend 60 hours in this game. Because from what I've read, also, the game... Uh, stretches out and, and becomes very, very tedious. I mm. s- experienced some of that in the short time that I played it, but um, I, I hear it gets really, really a lot worse uh, where you're, you're forced to sort of like find these keys to these doors and... Um, and comment on it. Yeah. Like, a anyway, friend asked me so, yeah. today, like, how I avoid burnout in this job and profession. They're not making and- any more burnouts. I want more burnouts. <laughs> I don't want to avoid burnouts. I don't want to avoid burnouts. burnouts? <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to ask next? How do I avoid paradise? Um, <laughs> but, and I, I think our audience knows this and I think we're very upfront about it. I have no problem providing my review of a game when I quit it after three hours. I will tell you I quit yeah. it after three hours, but I am not going to play Atomic Heart for 30 hours so I can then tell you yeah. I didn't like it. Well, I think that's the difference between doing um, a show like this and do you know, and and then sort of being assigned a review for some other thing where you have to sort of you know present. We will focus on the things that capture our attention, and we bring on guests to tell us about things like Sea of Thieves that didn't capture my attention, but they love, and that's what we want to talk about. And yeah. and I, you know, I there's too much great stuff for me to spend, uh, you know, 30 or 60 hours on something that, that I'm not in love with because I want to talk about the things I'm in love with anyway. And I'll tell you why I bounced off of something, even if the stuff is loved by other people, I'll tell you why I bounced off of it. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's our position and has been, I think the people who listen to this understand that. Yeah. But yeah uh, I, the one thing I do want to know is, um, cause I, I, the first time I heard about the caricatures and I want to look it up, um, wowzers and I, <laughs> I feel like I need to apologize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think I misspoke. It's well, not blackface per se, but it's it's racist racist caricatures of like nineteen thirty. It's on that level. Racist caricatures, and yeah. not like we didn't know. Oopsie, we thought we were making a, a nope. giraffe, and it came out looking weird. Like it is a person. Mm-hmm. It, it's all it's all bad. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, I will say though. Gotta love Game Pass, because I, you know, I, there was no uh, reason not to try this game. And if you want to see something, if you got a beefy GP and you want to see something that looks real pretty, I would highly suggest, if you have Game Pass, download this game, play the first 20 minutes of it, because it's gorgeous <laughs> and it's really cool. I think the first 20 minutes is awesome. I really do. And then when the game starts, but you don't play anything in that part. <laughs> you really don't play anything. You just watch uh, in, you know, in engine, in first person, the thing play out. Anyway, yeah, well, uh, we are in agreement about Atomic Heart, Christian. And I'm excited you bought the PlayStation VR, so without further ado, let's get into it! Oh, I don't have it queued up. Hang on. 
Hang on. I don't have the thing, Kita, because it's been so long since we've done it. Hang on. God, there's so many games now. This is beautiful. Hang on. Oh, we got to change it. We got to ch- it can't be Jeff's VR anymore cuz Christian's back on that bandwagon, baby. He's back. Oh, we lost him for a while, but he's back. PlayStation VR2 launched this week. All three of us have the headset. Joseph, let's talk first about the hardware itself before we even get into any of the games. There's a lot of games to talk about. 40 plus launch titles, a lot of them already available on other VR headsets, but um, a pretty robust grouping of games, few exclusives. But let's talk about the the headset itself. Uh, I know you had a PlayStation VR one. Have you had had any other VR headsets other than that? I have put every VR headset on my noggin. Okay, except for the Index. That is the one I want. Hmm. That's the one. Uh, that that's the one that got away. But every single one, I own a Quest. Um. So I have some extensive knowledge of VR. Okay. What is um, your impression of the hardware itself, the new PlayStation VR 2 hardware? It's my favorite one. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty darn good. I am really, really enjoying my time with uh, PSVR 2. And one of, them, one of the main aspects is how comfortable everything about PlayStation VR 2 is. You know, before you had all these wires you needed to keep the manual now you're just strict down to one uh and it's just it is a absurd amount of length so it's just never for me at least never truly getting in the way of my experience yeah that and because it's a it's tethered i'm getting some visual fidelity that i'm just in awe of but talking about the brass tacks that is the 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 hardware itself i am really just impressed by the build quality and the level of thought that went into not just the headset itself, like the eye tracking is phenomenal, but the controller as well is just so it, it it is probably to me the most comfortable VR, you know, controller that I've held. It just falls perfectly into in the palm of my hand. And it's not something that ever feels like it's cumbersome, like the 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 oculus because i got big meaty hands or sorry meta quest whatever uh you know my my pinky always kind of falls off like it's just it's it's obtuse to me this one it just feels it it feels like an extension of myself uh with the haptics and the adaptive triggers that a lot of these games like moss and pistol whip especially for me take really great advantage of it's just a really comfortable piece of tech. And I think for VR, it's so, you know, that is, I think, the most important part of yeah. it. And I think PlayStation understood uh, uh, everyone's complaints here with the original and went, all right, we see you. <laughs> yeah. And now the, the headset sees you, too. It looks right at your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with all that. I, I think the uh, the thing that i you know during that gen one of vr when the headsets were coming out playstation vr was coming out uh that was the thing that i kept coming back to was just how comfortable playstation vr one was it was always the most comfortable of the headsets the way it it sat on your you know uh, on your forehead like a headband almost 
Uh, it felt light and comfortable, much more than those other Gen 1 headsets, especially the old, um, um, the old um, the Vive. Vive. The, the yeah. Vive was very uncomfortable when it launched, I thought. Heavy and awkward. And th- all the headsets have come a long way in the subsequent generations to um, become more comfortable. But I, I thought it was pretty impressive how PlayStation VR 2 s- feels looks and feels like a sequel to that first headset. It really does maintain a lot of the best parts of it, i.e. the comfort, the fit, the way it sits on your head, the the little plastic bits that kind of cover the edges to make sure that no light can seep in. A lot of the things that the first headset did really well, it retains, and other headsets still don't do in, in the same way. And I thought that's that's pretty smart. I I did in, encounter a little bit of um, learning curve in picking up those controllers. I always seem to not know which hand it goes on. I, I have to stick my hand through a hoop, not yep. not not the wristband, but like the. It's because we're trained the other way. Our hoops had always been on the end, right? And now the hoops are at the forward, so it just feel like I have this backwards. And, yes. yes. So I I had to I the first I don't know seven eight times I I put on the headset. I was always like fuddling with the the controllers and going, which hand is this? Which one? But the smartest thing that they do, and every VR manufacturer has to learn from this from now on, because it's it needs to be just the way it happens, is you put it on and immediately you get the pass-through video feed. So yeah. you're looking around your room. You immediately see your room. That's the first thing you see when you put it on is the thing you just saw before you put it on, which makes so much sense. I don't know why everybody hasn't done it, but it's brilliant. And it says, hey, idiot, find your controller. And I always say, I got them. And then I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I oh, always no. pull odd one. I'm like, yeah, I got. Oh, wait, no. God, press the passing <laughs> button again. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the biggest thing that I miss, the biggest bummer for me about the hardware in comparison to the headset I've been using most lately, which is the Index, because that's been my go-to PC VR headset for years, Um. The, in, the index has a wonderful f- feature, which is that it's hinged at the top. So you mm. can, if you're in VR, you can just hinge it forward and look around your room and go, okay, where are my controllers? Or, oh, wow. oh the, my phone's ringing. Let me just hinge it up and look. Oh, my phone. Okay, I don't need to answer that. Go back into VR. I, I love that about the index. And I miss it with PSVR 2 because it doesn't have that. And so there's never, I wear glasses now because I had eye surgery. And so I have to wear glasses inside the headsets as well. And so it's very awkward for me to like just lift up the headset a little bit and look at a thing because it like they want catches you to do like the, huh? the slide forward. But that's also yeah, hard because then the you're looking down. Exactly. Then you gotta like poke through the, the little plastic. You're like, Where? yeah, yeah. yeah it's I'm not a thumb. Great. My face looks like a thumb now. I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to find where's the it, thing. Yeah, it's it, it it's not as elegant as the index's hinge thing, which is so nice. And I've gotten so used to it. In fact. I, I've a number of times reached up to the PSVR two and tried to pull it that direction. It doesn't go. And I gone, ah, darn. But Christian, I'm so curious what your experience with the hardware has been. Well, I'm just glad we're at this episode and there's something I love that I get to talk about because a lot of stuff <laughs> wasn't. And I, I was texting Jeff, Jeff and I were texting. Like, uh, you were, he said something about PSVR and I was like, oh, is it out this week? Yeah, you've been playing it <laughs> so good. You're like, oh, the, I hope that game comes out in on flat because I want to try it on flat. You know, uh, you the only person it. who knew. I didn't tell even mutuals that like, I don't think they text with Jeff that regularly. Didn't tell him. 
friends were like, are you getting it? And I was like, uh, the only person who knew was my wife. The kids didn't even know until I had it. Amazing. I kept this thing on lockdown. <laughs> you told me um, a number of times, I'm so tempted to get it. And I was like, you should, you should. And then you never did. And you're like, nah, I don't know. Yeah. What a great I mean, I'm tempted game. for have it show up because I bought it a long time ago. Sneaky um, deekies. Sneaky so, deekies. For folks who haven't listened, uh, I am often <laughs> anyone compared to Jeff is the VR naysayer. It's just hard not to be. Comp- Jeff is like yeah. you know he he heard the call of the mountain, climbed all the way up it. Um, <laughs> but I have owned, I have off camera. I can get them if you need me to, but like not for resale. Demo, Oculus controllers over there. I did Dev Kit One. I did computer Ocu- before the, the first Rift. I did PlayStation VR One. I did Quest 1, and then that's kind of when I fell off. Um, I did not do Quest 2 because uh, I don't like uh, meta. Um, so I have a lot of VR experience, and I've done Index at your house or whatever yeah. that one was, and, and an experience with that headset as well. And then I kind of fell off of it over the years because I haven't kept up. A lot of the games I maybe would be interested in were Quest 2 exclusives, and Yes, I could tether to my computer, but I didn't have a great experience with Half-Life Alex, and I don't know if it's the tether to my Quest 1 when it was in beta. You know, time in which you approach something has a lot to do with how you like it as well, um, mm-hmm. and that happened to me. Those are my experiences. This PSVR 2, I still don't know quite who Sony's making it for because it feels like a very niche product. Like Meta, I understand their goal is like evil domination of our uh, <laughs> mixed reality space. Mm-hmm. And and Sony's like, we're going to make this thing. We're only going to sell it through our website. That's the only, <laughs> only way to get it, which is like, we want to limit. We don't want you just to stumble into a store and buy it. You have to seek it out. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they decided to make this thing. I absolutely love it. It is super comfortable. It, it takes, I will say I had a harder time finding the sweet spot on this headset than I, any others. I agree with that. I watched a couple of videos about it. And if you just Google, you know, PSVR two sweet spot, I, I had to have the back headband. And I remember this with PSVR one too, but lower down on my head. Way lower than you have think. It. Yeah. It's like yeah. back, like I have a, you know, like a little bump back there and it's like back below that. And Jeff, my friend, I have been so excited for this episode. I, my wife can attest because I've been like giddy all week. Uh, <laughs> I set up my PS4. I got out my PSVR one. I got out my Quest one. Ah. I've been doing comparisons. I went back in oh, to get wow. ready so I could experience all these I've been doing that with my index. Games. That's fun. Okay. Awesome. And this thing is is so comfortable and the the leaps and bounds it makes better as a piece of hardware than I think even other headsets aside even maybe index. Um I think the screens are incredible. I think there still is a little bit of I don't know if it's the Mura effect or not, but like let me start with this. And then I'll, I'll refocus my thoughts. The only real disappointment I have with it is that I thought cinematic mode, which is where you just watch a flat screen thing as if it's a 120 inch movie theater in your house. I was hopeful that that would be so good that that's how I would play all my PlayStation games. Mm. Like it would be so it'd be the same as sitting in front of my monitor. And for me, it's not. I still prefer the extra crispness of playing on my 4K mm-hmm. HDR monitor dedicated gaming monitor it's not bad it's just i think it's better on a monitor yeah that out of the way um once i got the sweet spot dialed in and the the one cable i've been playing most everything seated um in the seated position because my room isn't isn't huge for for moving all around i kind of want to know where i am and be anchored but the f- screen fidelity is incredible the block the light leak uh 
accordion sides are the best of any VR headset I've had where I feel like I can legit, no lights getting in. And there's a little fan. I don't know if this has been talked about enough. There's a fan inside the headset that prevents the lenses from fogging. So I can be pistol whipping around like an absolute gun toting, rootin' tootin' cowboy. And I've never had the lenses get foggy for me. It also feels nice and a little refreshing. And then the haptics in the headset. The haptics are crazy. Next level. And I'll talk more about it in specific games, but uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, sorry. Jurassic World Aftermath, which had come out on, I think, Quest 2. And I think it's a non-VR version of it too, but I missed it. I didn't play it. it. It's what you'd expect, like a Jurassic Park. It's like, picture Alien Isolation light. But the reason I'm mentioning it now is there's a moment, as you should in all good Jurassic Park media, where a big thing steps down next to you and you see your water shake. Except here you feel it shake. And it's yeah. just like the right. It's exquisite. And, and the, the plug and play aspect of it is so seamless and so easy. And the, the tracking is some of the best I've had. I, I truly think that it tracks better than my Quest 1 in terms of using the cameras to pick Inside things out, up. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had a moment where it like it it dropped, right? Like where like my controller was finicky. Um I heard like it depends on how lit, uh, lit your room is. Yeah. But like I got like these like it just I'm working with daylight and it's 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 so so darn good. Yeah. Yeah. And the controllers I, are a godsend. They're uh, sorry. Uh no? they're, they're incredible and I, the, the, again the rumbles in them and the adaptive triggers. One downside to the controllers though is I do like the fact that the uh, old Oculus controllers and the the current uh, Quest ones, uh, you just put a AA battery in. Oh, yeah, um, I bought the charging stand. <laughs> I think that the charging stand is required. I think, I, I mean, required is strong, but it, it is it will make your life so much better because you have to plug in each of the controllers individually to a USB-C thing. Yep. You can't, there's not enough port plugs on the front of the PlayStation 5 to do them both at the same time just dumb like put another usb port on the freaking cover front of your thing but okay whatever so you got big enough where would they fit another port on the front of the ps5 right exactly (laughs) so either you gotta like do one and then the other which is so dumb or you gotta have another place to plug in your you know you gotta find a whatever it that is annoying to me the charging mat again annoying to have to buy it but it's really nice yes like it's a it's a it's it's nice But it is also not like there's no tactile feel of when you have it charging. So like it's kind of like a guessing game of like oh got a line. I noticed this the 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 front there's an indentation for the front of where the thumbstick part is, Uh and it's it's cradled in. So I found if I lead with that, I'll get a nice as I drop it. Oh okay Mm -hmm. okay yeah. But other than those little nitpicks, I agree with you guys. I, I think uh, the hardware is great. The the user experience is great. It, they really nailed all of it and it's comfortable. It's, it looks fantastic. Crispness is, I mean, I was doing a direct one-to-one comparison with literally like the same games in my index, my index, which is, you know, super high and very expensive. And my PSVR two, PSVR two, much sharper, much crisper, really? beautiful. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, it's the uh, OLED. I couldn't say this at the beginning of the show because I wanted my little reveal. Uh, what was the game? Synapse? Yeah. I feel like that game was built for this OLED screen. Like yeah. they were showing the blacks and the colors, yeah, yeah. and I was just like, ooh, it's yeah. going to look so good. <laughs> all of those things from earlier generations, the God rays that you would get on white, stark white text, the 
uh, the, like you said, the blurring, the, this, all of the sort of nitpicks of VR, they're almost all completely gone. The screen door effect, you have to really you, look hard to get any screen door. You gotta really now. squint. Yeah. And like you said, Christian, if you're, if you're watching a, um, if you're playing a game made on a, made for a, you know, big television screen in the thing, thing, I think it's perfectly playable. I haven't yes, done this yet. I really want to try. So I have some old like 3D Blu rays. I want to watch a movie. Doesn't work. Doesn't? Doesn't support 3D Blu-ray. What? PlayStation yeah, VR cost, 1 does? It's a licensing thing. I'm, I will Google uh, to double check me, but I, I looked that up before, and I'm assuming I have that right. That was one of the coolest things it. about PlayStation VR 1. Anyway. Yeah. I'll um, Google it right now, but yeah. Yeah, I, the point I was trying to make is that I think, it, you know, it's so much crisper, so much um, that you just don't have that pixelization anymore. So anyway. Okay, let's talk about games, because there's a ton of games, and we could go yes. a lot of different directions. Joseph, I'm curious what you, where you'd like to start. Oh man, it's so much to choose from. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's I mean, start with Gran Turismo, the one I spent actually the least amount of time on because hmm. I'm not a like I'm not a racing guy. Um, but I I I, I plugged GT7 back in. I sat down and started a race, and oh my god, I I, I got about five races in. This this is mind blowing. Like you know, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, the, like where's where's the VR mode? Because <laughs> yeah. it's all just a flat screen. Like, should I should I reopen it? No. Once you start a, a race, that's where you're in. You know, your VR mode. You're in the cockpit, and um, there was one part, guys, where I went down a hill, and I my brain was like, and this is the inertia rush. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it my my brain freaked out in the best way possible. Whereas I was like. I'm in a car right now. Like I was much more uh, cautious of like, I better not like hit this beetle <laughs> next to me because I could get hurt. Like <laughs> it is, it is mind blowing. If you're a racing uh, fan out there, th- this is, I-, I don't know if any of you guys are, I- I'd love to know your well, thoughts. This is my version. Break out the wheel. Yeah, this is my version of Christian's uh, reveal moment. Cause my reveal moment is, this is my number one most played PSVR 2 game. Wow. I thought I was going to be all over Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. And I, we'll talk about that game for sure because I have played it. But the game I keep coming back to is Gran Turismo 7. And Christian, I think I love Gran Turismo now. I think I love Gran Turismo. This is what has made me fall in love. Like, it is so incredible to drive in cockpit mode in VR, in Gran Turismo, the music, the, like, oh, it starts raining, and it's bouncing off my windshield, and the windshield wipers start going, and I, I'm i trying to make a turn, uh, uh, passing a guy, and I bounce into the wall, and I feel it vibrating on my face. Like, it is incredible. And it makes me go, oh, I want a VR mode for Forza Horizon so bad because as much as I love, I, I, I'm falling in love with Gran Turismo. I, like, I want to, I want to get more cars. I want to get all the, do all the menu items. I want to, you know, I, I'm in it. I'm in it because I'm in it because I'm literally, it's all around me. Uh, yeah, this is the, the biggest revelation to me is how good it looks, how good it plays. The frame rate seems to be incredible in VR for G- GT7 and how much it has completely like 
taken away all of the things that I used to not really like about sim racing, which is like, it didn't ever feel to me like I was actually driving the car. It felt like I was playing a video game. And I was like, well, what's the point? If I can't do sick jumps and make crashes, why do I want to try to drive like a real car if it doesn't feel like driving a real car? Well, now it does. I'm checking my mirrors, you know? Yes. Like it's Anyway, Christian, I know you've tried Gran Turismo 7 because you just entered it into the show doc in real time. Uh, I think I think I love Gran Turismo now for the first time in literally my entire life. Yeah, famously, for some listeners, you will recall I talked about my experience playing Dirt um, on my Oculus Quest back in the day, and it making me vomit almost instantaneously. Like, I could not handle it. Um, I have played so much Gran Turismo 7 so good, in VR. Right? And what's incredible about it is, and other people have had a stomach for PC VR games driving in for a while. It, it didn't work for me for whatever. I don't know if it was the fidelity or whatever. It didn't work for me, um, which bummed me out because I love it. But see, being able to see the depth in a realistic way makes the speed feel exhilarating. Like a lot of Gran Turismo, especially in lower level stuff, you're going, you're taking a turn at 35 miles an hour because that's what, uh, Toyota GR86 could take that turn at. And when you're playing it in, in like a you know regular flat screen monitor, it's like, well, that looks like a very good but mid-priced sports car taking a turn at 35 miles an hour. And then when you're playing in VR, you're like, I am go I am holding on <laughs> by the skin of my teeth, making this hairpin. And yeah. that that depth and that that feeling of being there is is mind-blowing. And also when I say I've been playing a lot of GT7, I've just been looking at cars in the brand showcase. Yes. I wish I had it on video. Every time I try to get a video of my kids like reacting to something the first time, they come, they don't do what I expect. Like, I remember years ago, I showed my daughter's uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I had a GoPro hidden to see the I am your father moment. And I was like, they're going to lose their minds. They don't know this yet. And I'm going to go viral on TikTok, baby. Just my memory for me more than anything, but also that viral dollars. And she, my, my oldest just goes, I had a feeling. And I was like, oh, shut up. But, and so I didn't try to record this. but You're I, grounded, I her, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had her put it on the headset for a little bit. I was like, I want to show you something. I want to, you know, she knows I like cars. I'm like, pick a car, whatever you want to see. She's like, I want to see this one. I'm like, okay. And it, it was beautiful because the way Joseph described it, at first it is just a big yes. screen, right? And then you for the brand to look at the car, then you click over on VR showcase and I hit it and she just goes, just loses. It's like, no way. What? Oh, no. And she's like reaching around and I hit triangle to bring her in the car. And she's like, this isn't, oh my gosh, this is. So and just like, you know, the sense of presence is incredible. And so I just love looking at those cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say also about the the nausea stuff. I, I do think some people will be affected. I don't think PSVR 2 gets rid of it. I've been very intentionally because I've been having such a great time playing all the games I've been playing, which I haven't always been able to say about VR games. I start a timer on my watch of 25 minutes and I want to be able to check in with my body and not get lost and, and push too far. And I think the best testament to it is that I oftentimes just go, shut up, watch. Uh, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still playing. Dad's still racing. Um, but it's, it's exquisite. And my last point about Gran Turismo 7 that I'll make is that when I went into it, like Joseph, I was like, wait, where's the VR mode? 
I'm not going to mention any publications, but when I was reading about this stuff before it came out, it was like, and it's great because when you play in VR, it introduces you much like it would in the main game where you start with a, you know, a slow, here's how you break, here's how you turn. And so I put on the headset and I'm like, where's this introduction to VR? But I'm in the yeah. middle of a hundred hour already put into Gran Turismo 7. Yeah. And it's like, continue race. And I was like, I guess I, I guess I got to finish this race before I can go into this intro to VR. And I go continue race and I'm just in it driving. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Same that thing per- happened to me. <laughs> that person was just playing GT7 for the first time. There is no intro to yeah. VR. I'm just there in it. No- I agree. <laughs> I, I will tell my little version of the story. And it's very similar to your daughter because I I put on the headset. I'm all excited. I'm going to try it. You start out. It's all flat screen. It's all menus. You know, lovely menus. And they look great, you know, in the headset. But I'm like, oh, man, did I have to? I got the update. It says I got the update because it was the it had to be updated. I'm like. What do I do to turn on VR mode? And then I was like, I, I, I just went like, look at your, in your garage, look at your cars. And like, there's my car there. And then I see on the bottom, it says uh, VR showcase. I'm like, oh, cool. And I push VR showcase. And then I go, oh. <gasps> I mean, it was the car is in front of me and I'm in the most beautiful location and it's this, I mean, it is crisp and beautiful and shiny and reflective. And it's the, the car is in, in front of me in the same scale as a, a real human car. It was like, I was like, O-M-G. I could not, I could not believe how beautiful it looked. So yeah, this I had this is the, the most, most beautiful Toyota Corolla I have ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that's, that's how, I, how much of GT7 <laughs> I played. I was like, this Datsun is amazing. <laughs> A uh, wheel and a uh, wheel stand are in my cart, my friends. Dude, so that is I, awesome. I'm the same way. I'm like, I need a wheel. I need a, like, I need a wheel. Yeah. But you guys have been fighting the urge. And I'm like, and I'm so bad at racing games. I know, like, like I, I know how much mileage I'm going to get out of this wheel. But I'm like, there's a part of me like, just do it. Just Dude, do it. I mean, I want, so, I want yeah. Forza Horizon to have a VR mode so bad because I want the, I don't think I can handle that. I don't think I, I could handle that. Dude, I want the VR. open world version of this. I want I want to be able to just drive anywhere and like just get on a street and drive and instead of the Grand Turismo is so focused and so contained, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um I, I will say I don't think Grand Turismo does a great job of advertising this, but you can just do time trials. So I've just been taking cars that I've owned or want to own and I go to Laguna Seca and just drive. And in have my head you, I'm like Have you done an open top car yet? Oh yeah, dude! It's incredible, dude! It's it, crazy. It, the like, it, <laughs> you're just like out there driving around. It's so wild, man. It, so two two nits. Uh, one is if your position is off, look down at the steering wheel a little bit and recenter yourself. Because yeah, sometimes I think, depending on where you are, it's like I'm not the wheels on touching my nipples. This is weird. But re- take the time recenter your camera. Wait, and it's two, not supposed to do that. <laughs> Well, if you well, like if it, it's fine. That. Okay. Yeah, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. I love Thank cars you. too, Joseph. Um, <laughs> the other one is I don't know. Maybe I was just too Where's giddy to get into shift? it. Sorry. <laughs> I was maybe just too, too giddy to get into the game. But I don't think it tells you anywhere like, hey, idiot, put down your sense controllers and pick up your dual sense. I was like, it's not working. It's broken. I'm like yelling to my wife. It's uh, broken. It's broken. Like I just some assumed games just... it didn't support the. the Why? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, that's uh, an, in contrast to Moss, which I assumed was going to support the DualSense, but doesn't. 
it need it, yeah. it's still anyway um okay so uh, I'm, i mean gran turismo is a i'm glad we got into it right away and it's free and it's free well if you own the game yeah but like the uh, the vr update the it's VR not like 20 dollars yeah. for vr yeah uh yes you're right um let's talk okay. about horizon call of the mountain because that's sort of the big premiere uh uh you know console exclusive game uh joe yeah. what's your take on that Man, okay, so this is shout out to how again comfortable this VR headset is, and to to hop back on Christian point of you know what my sea legs are in VR because shout out to Moss Book One and shout out to Call of the Mountain where I've played these games just marathoning them. Yeah. So you know I'm I'm playing Horizon Call of the Mountain for like forty minutes to like an hour thirty and I'm just taking off the headset because, you know, I want to do something else. Not because like, oh boy, I'm fatigued. What are these hands? You know, those like <laughs> yeah. those moments in VR. Um this is fantastic. And to go back to some publications, I'm not much of review scores. If I'm into the game, I'm into the game. Anybody that rated this game a six, I just want to talk. I just want to have just some words. This is amazing. Yeah. This is what like you know, it, the closest thing to what a Half-Life Alex could be for PlayStation, this is it. Um, and it's so weird when talking about this game because when you talk about it, you're like, yeah, I'm climbing all these vistas. I'm climbing all these vines. And it's, you know, I'm looking back at these vistas and it's gorgeous. And it's just like, you really have to see it. You need to really be a part of the parkour to understand how truly engaged you are moment to moment with horizon call of the mountain once you know you get um oh my god the little spikes on uh, uh spiky things like the cl- little climbing gear like the parkour just opens up and just it it's it's every few seconds my hands are doing something different um mm-hmm. and i feel like it gets that loop down so right every time i'm jumping for a rope or i'm like just on a zip line <laughs> I'm getting nervous. I'm like, I got to hold on to this. There's never a moment where I'm just like, let me just let go, see what happens. I never <laughs> like that. It just does such a good job in its parkour. And surprisingly enough, the combat as well. I thought it would be really surface level, but after the first two fights, to me, it really opens up pretty darn well. Uh, the bow is really fun to shoot. And just how you're able to just, you know, wave it's how you're kind of getting your 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 equipment is you're you're tilting your wrist you know sideways and so then you get to pick okay what type of arrow do i want i get this one and then you know you're able to do extra damage to whatever beast you're 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 fighting with i just got past the thunder jaw and that level again what vr tackles so great here and what fire sprite was able to do with the scale it's like Oh wow! No, the Thunder Jaw was huge in Horizon, but because you're so far out, you don't get this. You don't really get the sense of scale, man. Reyes <laughs> and that Thunder Jaw. When you're looking up at it, it's I'm fighting Godzilla with a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, Mecha Godzilla at best, and um, it's just it's just so engaging. I'm loving my time with Horizon Call of the Mountain. I I I really think it's 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 great there are some finicky things um some finicky moments some things that 
don't work great. Like there's like a grapple hook that you get. And I don't think that mechanic works all too well. I think it's, I think it's the, the flimsiest mechanic that you have, but the way that it just, how everything else just works pretty darn seamlessly. Um, it is, it, it is not an experience. It truly is. Feels like a game that belongs in the horizon universe. I'm, I, th- I think that's a great, the best point. Yeah. It, it, in contrast to that Batman Arkham VR game for PSVR one, which is awesome. And I right. wish they ported it to, to PSVR two, but it really is just like sort of a tech demo to show you how cool that there's not much game there. There's a lot of cool stuff you get to do as Batman. That was my worry that that was what this was going to feel like, but it's not, it's, it is a full game. And like you said, there's a, so, scale. You're so right in bringing up scale. And it's so cool that this IP handles scale in such a cool way and you know right at the beginning of the game you are on this boat and a uh a tall neck walks right in front of you and that moment i was just like oh this is i am inside this experience in a way i I never was with horizon can i I just cut you off for a second i almost missed that moment because i found out i had fingers that can move and i was doing finger guns (laughs) (laughs) well the first thing i did you start in the in the in the in the boat and I look over the side of this gorgeous water, and I was like, can I touch that water? I want to touch that water. And I reached my hand over the side of the boat, and you can touch the water! I was like, and oh. And move vines out of the way. Yeah. Oh, so you, cool. This game does a really good job front-loading a lot of that stuff. I have not finished Call of the Mountain, but it, it gives you a tall neck. It gives you the big water alligator. It gives you Aloy. Snapjaw. All, I think... Yeah. Snapjaw, thank you. All before it gives you the 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 title screen you know it really does a good job of being like this is what we're just giving you a taste but this is what scale can bring to this game uh i also love it i would describe it as one of the best new disney rides like of that (laughs) you know star wars smugglers run or rise of the resistance like does that not diminish it isn't that what most people are afraid of with vr is that it's just a theme park ride well, that's what I want to distinguish because I, I do think there are people for whom will love the Horizon uh, flat games that will not like this. It what, what I like, but there's that doesn't mean you don't like VR. There's plenty of other VR experiences, but this is a different game, right? Like I saw a joke online saying that like people are complaining that this is all just climbing. So was uh, Forbidden West. You just Aloy made it look easy. Now you have to do it, lazy jerk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's hard sometimes, guys. It's hard sometimes. You're climbing. Um, so I, I, I don't mean it as a negative when I say that I think that Horizon Called Mountain is an experience. Mm. But I mean that in the best way possible. Like the combat, we talked about it when we previewed it, that I was a little hesitant about the combat. Because the combat in Forbidden West uh it's so fun you're like i'm constantly dive rolling i'm never standing still and this game does not replicate you kind of shimmy left shimmy right shimmy back shimmy right shimmy left shimmy back shimmy right and that's it uh but what it does well it does so well of that pulling and whipping and changing your arrows and it, it is a totally different way to play the game that if this was a flat screen expansion your character wouldn't be limited to just strafing. Yeah. But it works because you're buying into this, I'm going to use the word again, experience. And so I think it leans into the things that it does really well. I spent 
probably three minutes juggling apples, you know, like the game encourages that. <laughs> yeah. It encourages painting on a wall. It encourages hanging with one hand and looking down. It encourages taking in the vistas in the other games. I don't want to call them the mainline games, but forbidden West and zero dawn don't encourage that in the same way. Yeah. And so I think this is a really fresh, interesting take on the franchise and also, I think, very impressive, built in a different engine. This is an Unreal game, yeah. um, but I don't think you'd know it by looking at it. It doesn't look lesser than um, as you experience That's a this great world. point. Yeah, I, because, you know, uh, oh, what do what do they use again? Oh, my God. Decima. Like, it looks like the vistas on Decima just look so beautiful. And you're right. Yeah. Like, it being an uh, Unreal, shout out to, again, the devs yet again it doesn't lose an ounce of what makes horizon horizon. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think another good point you made Christian is that, um, uh, Oh shoot. What was it? Right before you said that, what was the thing you said? <laughs> I've lost experience in my climbing, uh, Disney world, juggling man. apples, oh, painting yes, on a wall. Juggling apples. Yes. Is it, it, the thing that, um, I've been saying for years about VR that I think is so special about it is that it slows everything down when you, the things that are so magical about VR games, you, you wouldn't want to even do on a 2d game because it, it like I'm onto the next thing. I'm, I'm, I'm leaping, I'm flipping. I'm who cares? I pushed X to do it. But in a VR game, it, something that is very slow is very still is very uh, small can be just as entertaining as a big, grand, crazy, you know, God of War boss fight in a 2D game. How good would throwing that axe be in VR, though? How good would that axe throw be? They need to make that. They need (laughs) to make that game. Make that game. Just an axe axe throw game. Just Just give me an axe. Just give me an axe and then pull it back. I mean, there's a game called uh, Ashra's Wrath on uh, Oculus that does that, and it's awesome. Um, but, uh, But my point is, like, you would never... You know, there's a there's a, a moment in um, I think it's Hogwarts Legacy actually where you can go and skip rocks. You know, as you know, you, you walk on the shore and you can skip rocks. And so you know, press X and you skip rocks. It's like, eh. but if you did that in VR, I would do it all day long because it's super yeah. fun. And it's the same thing about juggling apples in a, in a 2D game in a regular game. You would you know you press X to do apples, or maybe there's even a mini game to juggle apples if they're crazy about it. It's never as fun as actually doing it in VR. It's it's a completely different kind of way to interact with, uh, with um. There was just a table games. of pots and pla- uh, like pots and plates. I was just looking at it. I'm like, I'm gonna smash. I'm gonna smash all that. Yeah, it was like yeah. John C. Riley in, in Step Brothers. Just like just throwing all the things around. It was. <laughs> We have so a, which I think right after it, it gives you that buffet of, of destruction, I think your character goes, huh, guess no one's here, which I love. It was like, <laughs> it knows what you're going to do. It knows exactly what you're going to do. Now, there. did you guys play with the physics when you toss the plates around? Because that was the thing that was actually blowing my mind was like yeah. I was tossing the, the plates like Frisbees and it was behaving like a Frisbee would. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Th- so there's a bunch more games I want to get to them, but Sorry. I think this brings me right into a, uh, a, a point that I want to make about something else, which is yes, it's fun to pick up stuff in VR in, in first person in uh, call of the mountain and a bunch of other games. And a lot of games work really great doing that. One of the things I've been beating the drum about for a long time since VR started is that 
VR experiences should not be synonymous with the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Moss is a perfect example of that. I love the Moss games and they are better because of uh, the fact that you're in VR. It's a crime, crime against humanity that an astrobot not the game humanity, but not the kind. Yeah, well, I'm about to get to that. Uh, that uh, that it's not an Astrobot game at launch with PSVR two, even if they just ported the last. Because I want to play that Astrobot game in this much better VR headset. I just want to see it oh, sharper yeah. and clearer. It's a crime that they didn't just bring it over. But another example of it can be third person. It can be. It doesn't have to be a first person game to be great in VR. And that brings me to. The Humanity demo, which I played only in VR, uh, is available as a, a 2D game as well, but I only played it in VR. And I am I am going to say it right now, Humanity is on my short list for potential Game of the Year games oh, at wow. the end of the year. I am in love with this game. It is genius. Genius. So this was the game that was announced at the, at the State of Play. And then a demo launched this at, at the same same time. I urge everybody to try this demo. The, the concept of this game is brilliant. You're basically it's basically like a new version of Lemmings, which is an old, old, old PC game. It's it's Lemmings without the penalties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lemmings was a game where you brought these little creatures and you tried to get them from point A to point B, and they would often die in the process, falling off cliffs, and you tried to prevent that and get them to point point B. Humanity is very similar. There's a, a mass of humanity. There's just hundreds of thousands, an endless stream of people, little people that are spawning out of a, a door of light, and you need to get them to a different door. And to do that, you're this little dog creature. To do that, you have to give them instructions, tell them to go left, go right, jump be weightless, all kinds of different moves that you acquire from level to level. But you're just trying to push this endless stream of people from one a, point A to point B, and they'll just walk off the ends of things and fall to their doom or whatever. But there's no, like, gruesome nature to that. There's no, There's not even any penalty. In fact, the strategy of humanity is... Let them die until you figure out how to do it right. <laughs> because you also have to uh, bring these like golden special versions of people and those can die and you can't get them back. Yeah, you so, don't have to, but you get yes, like that's a bonuses bonus. for, yeah. And it is, it is my, one of my favorite kind of games uh, often in the indie space where it starts with a very simple concept and then each level it layers on a new idea that is a very a wonderful type of game. It's a very specific type of game in my mind that does that. Uh, oftentimes, indie games will do that, we, or puzzle games in particular, uh, where you know here's the here's the situation. This is already interesting, and then each level layers on a new power or wrinkle or or approach. Um, Echo Chrome is like that. There's an endless stream of those kinds of games, but in VR, first of all. 
humanity is such a joy to witness because you are this God presence looking over these tiny little people. You can zoom in and zoom out and they're just running and walking and doing their thing. And you can get them to fly and create these big rainbows of people who are just soaring through the air and or falling off or climbing things. It is a joy to look at, you, you know, soaring a, a disembodied godlike you, you know, observing it. And then the ways that the game starts to get you to think about moving them from place to place. And then the sort of tableau that you come to after you've made it work, where you have these streams of people flying and floating and climbing and moving through the place. And it is gorgeous and transportive and so clever I am. Um, I think this game is going to be on my end of the year list. I think this game is awesome. genius. It it, it from the same studio, but much like Res and Tetris Effect, the game does not require VR. However, as I was lying to Jeff when he was texting me, he loved it, and I was asking him <laughs> questions like, "What is it? Is it a VR?" Yeah. Um, it is an example of a game that is truly transformative in VR, much like Tetris Effect and, and especially that last part of Res that they added for the VR release. It is the definitive way to play it. The way I talked about Metroid Prime Remastered being the definitive version of one of the best games of all time. It is to play this now new remastered version. I think you will love humanity if you play it on a flat screen. I played the demo, not in VR, and it is much more of, Echo, it reminded me a lot more of Echo Chrome in that regard. Like still really fun and joyous and the music is great and the colors are cool. And eventually you get lightsabers, you know, whatever, <laughs> like very, very cool. But in VR, I really think that's how the game is meant to be played. And I'm going to mention one other demo that I played. I did not play the full version because you had to start over again from a save. And I played it on PC. Um, the worst experience I had in VR, worst is weird, in PSVR 2 is Resident Evil Village. And I know people are going gaga for that game. And we raved about Resident Evil 7 in VR. But as someone who played that game not in VR, I was very familiar with the extra reload, this to that, this to that, go into my inventory. In it, I think to its credit, Capcom put in a lot of work to make it a VR game and not just uh, a VR version of the of the base game. We're like, no, it's in 3D. They made it first, you know, really cool. But it does all the VR-y things of like, and you can turn some of them off, but it's like, you want to get a health pack? You open your coat, you look down, you grab it, you take it, you got to reload a gun, you drop the thing, do the thing, hit the thing. And that's not the pace in which I played Resident Evil Village. <laughs> you know, I'm like, into the inventory, go out here, run over here, get the gun, do the thing, reload, Same. run around. So I didn't like the physical inhabitation, inhabitation the physical manifest manifestation of those actions in that game. And so I think it is something that some games will be made in for different people will have different games, but some games will be made infinitely better by experiencing them in VR and others will be cool, but not necessary. And I think humanity is a game that is res infinitely better in <laughs> VR than outside of VR and just an absolute, absolute treat. And the worst part about it is that it's just a limited time demo. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, yes. But every level, I was just like, oh, this one's the most brilliant one. Oh, no, this one's the Oh, did they just do that? Oh, my God. They, yeah, it's uh, it's so cool. So cool. Okay. Y'all, 
Y'all sold me because I got it. Download it. I think the time's ticking on it. It's like yeah. All right, this is the end of the episode for Joseph. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Okay, I know we're we're going super long, and I I don't mind. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, let's give me another PSVR two because I know in the next few weeks we'll we'll keep at it now that Christian's got another headset. But give me what Joseph Moran thinks is a must play PSVR two game. uh, Highlight first off, yeah, Moss book one, book two, buy them. Incredible. this is the definitive version to experience those games. Yes, I agree 100%. Pistol Whip. Ooh, we ever wanted to, to, to play a game that felt like Beat Saber meets John Wick. Here you go. Have all the fun in the world. You just feel so cool playing this game. Awesome. Love yeah. it. Sick bops, as the kids say. <laughs> but the big highlight is Demio. Demio in VR. I did not want to experience it in PSVR one. I wanted the I wanted the next gen bump, right? The God, I hate those light controllers. I wanted to experience it in PSVR two, and thank goodness I waited. Um, this was one of the testaments of, oh yeah, uh, I you know we had an interview with the developers, so to prep, we wanted to play the game beforehand. We're like, we'll play for like you know like 30, 40 minutes to see you know you know get get a feel. Uh, we played it for almost three hours, <laughs> just yeah, one so one playthrough. It is so good, and it's about the the thing that VR does so well is like here's this simple concept that we're going to highlight and just make the star of that you wouldn't normally think because like who would in in your mind like who would want to play a board game in VR? You don't know how awesome a board game in VR is until you put on that headset and you just start moving the board and manipulating it like you're a minority report. Like there is an awesome feeling with Demio where it is like the Dungeons and Dragons that you played as a kid, teen or now today. Right. But it really harkens back to like that young age where many of us were in our basements playing it, rolling the dice with our friends meets, you know, magic for me you know, the card-based elements of fighting. And for those cards being finite, it's so important to the gameplay because every move matters. So, you know, you're moving along with these characters throughout the board, trying to find the hidden key to unlock the the gate to get to the next level to then get to that boss fight. And in between are just some of the most engaging and strategic fights that I've had to engage with cooperatively with my friends where we really had to be on the same page of what we were going to do coordinate together and the beautiful thing about this game too is how it uses vr in a board game you pick up an enemy piece and it'll tell you the stats of your of that enemy you know you pick up your piece you just look at the bottom it says demio and it has all that little like like little homages to what figurines would be um it's just such a fantastic game that really is so good at bringing people in. And the best thing about this version on PSVR 2, um, or just in general, is that it's cross-play with anything. Yes. So there is a flat version for PS4, PS5 that you could cross-play with, but PC, Epic Game Store, Steam, like all of it, wherever Demio is available, you can yep. play with everyone. Yeah, there's so, a flat version on PC. The, yeah. the You buy it once, it works on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation VR 2. Like they're doing it right. They're doing yeah. it right. Yeah. I, I, was, I was given a code for this game and all I wanted to do all week is text Jeff to play with me. <laughs> no, I know no, what we're doing this week. 
uh, what the saying about being a parent where it's like uh, the days are long, the years are are fast or something like that. Yeah. For Demio, it's the game can be long, but the moment to moment action is fast. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate about it. I think a lot of tabletop games in VR and even board games kind of in VR can the downtime isn't as fun because I'm not eating or drinking uh, anything. You know, you don't have your bubbly water, your alcohol or your chips or your anything with you. Cause you're in a VR headset. So it's like, Jeff go. Okay. Jeff go. So the games that solve that, which I can't wait for this to come to PSVR too, is like walkabout golf and stuff I like know, that, where you're all kind game. of doing stuff. Yeah. And Damio, I feel like solves that with, yes, someone can be a jerk and not do something for a long time, but each turn is relatively quick in the pace of adventuring through the thing. And it sets the stage for it really well, where it's like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, and then you're done so. And you're like, that won't be that long at all. <laughs> and then you're like, how long was I under yeah. uh, when you come out of it? And it looks super sharp in oh, yeah. PSVR too. This was my first experience with the game because you know, just having the Quest 1 and then coming into this, and it was the same thing, Joseph, where I was like, yeah, I'll play. The, I, I want to play this. I want to be able to talk about it. Uh, and I was like, well, this is what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> and it's fun in single player. It's yeah. a it's a compelling game in single player, too. It is. It's, it's good really in single nice. player. But man, playing with friends is 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 the best. And the, my only my only knock about Demi, I've been play, talking about Demi for a long time. I, I love it. Um, I have it. Check this out. You talked about it on episode 438. Guess who our guest was? Joseph. Yeah, we talked. Well, we talked about Damn. you were here the last time we talked about PlayStation VR two because it was the state of play where they talked about. It. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's not a coincidence, Christian. We bring back the good guests when they talk about that's the right. good topics. Um, right. But anyway, I mean, you know, I, I played Demio uh, in several different versions of it, and I've loved it every time. My only knock on the game is I wish there was more story. It really is just streamlined dungeon crawling. You know, you get to the action of of tabletop stuff, and without any yeah. of the sort of storytelling there's no there's no grand quest giver that's going to tell you that it's just like oh there's a bunch of rats kill them all you know so um that's my only knock against it but man that streamlined dungeon crawling is is super fun it's great on playstation vr2 and and as joe mentioned you can play with your buddies who don't even have a vr headset at all and you can be inside that vr headset and doing all the fun cool vr versions of it physically rolling the dice and all the cool stuff and they can be playing with you and talking to you and seeing you interact with their game on a flat screen on their PlayStation Five. It's 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 pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I think they're doing it so so right. Tons of cool content in the game too now, and uh, yeah, I love it. All right, I know we're gonna we'll talk more. I really want to talk about Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. I played a ton of that as well. We'll talk about it next week. Um, because there's, you know, Chris has got the headset now. I don't feel so bad having a VR head segment on the show. We're in it. Woo. Very excited. Uh, but, uh, man, well, yeah, we'll, we'll be talking more about it, but Joseph Moran. I, I, yes. I, could I mention just really quick? Yes. And I mentioned a little bit, please. Jurassic world aftermath collection. I think it's the only way to get it on PSVR too. And I think it didn't, uh, disclosure. I got a code for it. Um, I don't think it got the best reviews when it came out because in reading about it, it kind of launched like the part one ends on a cliffhanger apparently. And it's like in part two, there was no release date for it. So it wasn't Mm. come back to theaters for fast X on this date. It was like, (laughs) maybe we'll make another one. Um, And then they later released the collection, but they released it on flat screen stuff. I think you play it on switch and people were like, it's a cool Jurassic park thing, but the pace of play feels slow. Mm. And I'm like, 
reading that, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like my game. I love Jurassic Park. My kids and I have watched uh, the first ones and they had fun with it. But I'm like, yeah, pace of play seems slow, blah, blah, blah. And then I had the opportunity to check it out in PSVR 2. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's it's the VR pace of play. And it's perfect. And I'm maybe like two hours in, so I haven't quite finished the first chapter of it yet. But it it has the telltale graphic style of like mm. comic book worldy thing in the sense of scale and, and place and it's light puzzling, you know, it's turn this crank to do this. It's Spider-Man style, like get the waveforms to match up to open the doohickey. <laughs> um, but being in there in this comic book world, which isn't pushing realism, but on the sharp screen of the PlayStation VR two with the helmet haptics made every time you're hiding from a, a Raptor, a la alien isolation light, just a joy. And I think going back to what I talked about for Resident Evil and Humanity, it is a game that is made incredible by playing in VR on a good headset that without it would not be. But that is not a knock about the game. It's mm. making a game designed for the way you should play it. It's like saying tennis sucks when you use a golf club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. sure does. And I, I, it was the game that I kept thinking like, I mean, a lot of these games, but I thought like, I'll play that again. Uh, I'm still playing it, actually. <laughs> I haven't stopped playing it. I really liked it. I, that's cool. I do not have that one. Did you get a code for After the Fall? No, I got Moss Book 1 and Book 2. Um, they've been friends. We've had them on the show. Yeah, uh, they're awesome. Before. Yeah. Great. For, and also, that was one Holy I did art. the comparison for. Yeah. Just what a. So it's a huge improvement. Yeah huge improvement uh we uh, maybe we'll try to I, i'd love to play after the fall with you it's it's um like left for dead basically a vr kind of deal um Ooh, yeah okay uh guys lots to talk about uh this episode has been so much fun joseph moran thank yes. you for being with us you are awesome and so much fun oh, to, to chat with guys ain't bad yourself <laughs> thank you tell folks where they can uh, keep up with all the cool stuff that you put out online well, thank you, thank you. Well, first, I wanted to say that moment of Christian revealing that he had the headset <laughs> was the most pure thing ever. It reminded me where Kyle secretly not only played one of my favorite games of all time, Bloodborne, the game of the generation, but platinumed it, hid it from me that he did all that until we're recording live on the show. That same emotion, like I, I got to now finally see it firsthand. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful gentleman. Uh, but yes, you can find me over at Mr. Babbit over on Twitter. You can find my show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And you can find my show, The Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, where each and every Thursday, me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Uh, this week, yeah, we had the Moss devs on, we had the Demio devs on. Uh, we broke down the state of play here. We are in our feelings about PSVR 2 and how much we love it. All that goodness and so much more. Uh, this week coming, uh, we have the voice actress of Freya on the show. So make sure you get your questions in there. Awesome. So much goodness there. Uh, find us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, in the video version on the Trophy Room show and all that goodness. So, and guys, thank you so much for having me yet again on the show to gush about this piece of tech that I just love so much. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> thank I, you. Thank you. I honestly don't know how people could play something like GT seven in the headset and not think this is the future of video games. This is the future. Yeah. This is, this is how like there's, there's literally, it makes no sense to play a driving game. Not like this to me. Can I, can, I mean, could I end on this note? I was playing Moss 
And, you know, we needed to help my dog get up, right? Because he was, he was in the play area. He's an old pup. We need to lift him up. I did not take the headset off. <laughs> and there was a moment where, like, my mother's in the door where we're, we're sherping my, my, my dog through the door. Uh, and my mom's like, how are you? How are you seeing? And I'm like, oh, this is cyberpunk. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. the two hickeys. It's the cameras. I'm uh, a, I'm in the future uh, right now. Uh, so um, I don't know. It's different. Um, anyway, very cool. Bet on future. the bills. Yes, the bills. This is the year they finally do it. Christian Spicer, what do you got going on this week? I had my newsletter come out, uh, the most recent one, where I talked about 7 out of 10 games and kind of why I am often uh, less inclined to spend a lot of time with them. And you can subscribe to that for free over at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. I hope to get back to doing video versions of them. My plan is to make a video version of that newsletter and get it up for patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. I know I hadn't done that for several because I kept releasing newsletters while I'm out of town <laughs> and I don't want to do like a video version of a newsletter on my MacBook air web camera. Um, so that will be that the newsletter. And then I have physical versions of my comic book, the deluxe edition graphic novel of consequences that folks can find and buy over on my website, christianspicer.com slash store. You go over to the store section there, there, there. Uh, thank you everybody who's uh, picked one up already. I still have some left as I look over at my my box of them over there. And I believe I have everyone's out who has ordered one despite Rainpocalypse 2023. They're dry, wrapped perfectly and shipped off to folks. So if you are interested, you can head over there and check it out. And then, as you mentioned, it is The Last of Us Sunday. Mr. Dave Chen and I are recapping episodes after they air over on Decoding TV. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. And then if you are a paying member over to his decodingtv.com, we do bonus episodes where we talk about some of the differences between the game and the show or a deeper dive into the politics of the show and stuff like that. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, so you don't want to be left behind. You should go check it out. Oh, I get what you, I see what you did there. I'm going to cry again. We really are the last of us <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I also have other podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I do the film cast with that same Dave, same Dave Chen and Davinci Hardware. Uh, I just found an old hard drive of mine, and I found a picture of uh, me and Dave and Davindra and the TRS guys at Comic Con 2009. And can I tell you, we look like babies. We look like babies. Uh, anyway, is that, when did when did Portal come out? It's around there, right? Around there. Yeah, no escape? some I don't know. Yeah, some sometime in there. I don't know. It's wild. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, uh, the film cast. Check it out. Uh, we're going to be doing. Uh, oh, uh, we're going to be doing the Cocaine Bear this week. Uh, a movie that looks um, so good. Yeah, um, and uh, I also do a show with Anthony Carboni called We Have Concerns. It's a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It's good fun. And uh, I also uh, do a sports show called The Fan Controlled Show. That's on Thursdays on Twitch uh, at uh, 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and uh, you can also get us a podcast or on YouTube. It's, it's good fun as well. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is parting gift. Joe, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I mean, I've been watching. I've been waiting for Ted Lasso. 
Mm. Right. That's that's where I'm at in yeah. my life. Um, and I've watched rewatched uh, The Sopranos. Oh, that's a different tone than Ted Lasso. No, same vibes. Uh, same, same vibes. Same, same vibes, vibes, honestly. Uh, dad oh, vibes. Just total yeah, dad yeah, vibes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but here's the thing about that show, why it's so special to me, is uh, everything is 10 minutes away from me. So all the <laughs> scenes right. where yeah. they're like, Lodi, New Jersey, I'm like, I'm from there. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> like the first scene I can literally drive to in five minutes. So it's a lot of like me with the Leo pointing meme. Yeah. Um, and I watched the first episode of Succession. Uh, it's everything that I think the 1% does. <laughs> oh, and it makes me furious. I don't show. know how y'all do it. Great show. But uh, that's what's getting me through, surprisingly enough, to get to my Ted Lasso. My you, get, you gotta go through the darkness to get to the light. I get it. Exactly. <laughs> I understand. Exactly. Uh, good, good recommendations. Christian Spicer, what about you? Parting gift. Adam Lambert, you might remember from American Idol, has released a new album. I love his voice. He also toured with Queen, Queen with Adam Lambert for a, a time. He has a new album. It is covers. It's called High Drama. And I love his voice and his spin on things. It's not just, oh, this is that person singing that other person's song, and it sounds just like it. He definitely put brings his Adam Lambert energy to it. The album's called High Drama. He covers Chandelier which I think is an exquisite cover of Chandelier. And the other one I really love is Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? And it, it it's haunting and not in the, we stepped it down and made it acoustic. It's, uh, again, his very own big-voiced, very powerful singer, Adam Lambert's High Drama album full of covers, and you should listen to it. Cool. Um, one of the things that I decided about 2023 is that I was going to stop not reading books. Boy, it's been hard as a dad uh, to make time and a person who has lots of interests and lots of podcasts that soak up my time uh, to uh, make time to read. And that has all changed because I am reading and I'm loving it. And I, I love books and I love reading books. And it, it, it's been too long since I really devoted time to reading books. So I'm back. Uh, the first book I, I read of 2023 uh, is the new, the newest, I believe, newest, uh, relatively new, Andy Weir book. This is uh, the author of The Martian. Uh, Andy Weir wrote a book recently called Project Hail Mary, which was highly uh, recommended to me. And uh, it's very good. I loved reading The Martian. I read The Martian uh, long before the movie came out, uh, and I loved it. I thought it was such a page turner. Uh, Project Hail Mary uh, is not quite the page turner that Martian is to me, but it, it is in the similar vein first-person scientific-y kind of guy uh, in a very extreme situation using science as his superpower to get out of it uh, or to manage it. Um, in the same way the Martian, you know, uses science to worry about you know, being stranded on Mars. Uh, this is even more science fiction-y. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's awesome. And it's a way, it's a very common science fiction trope that I've never seen done this way. And I highly recommend it. I mean, it gets very dense as far as sort of sciencey stuff, but also still readable and still pulpy and fun. Uh, Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir is very easily to re easy rec easily recommended. Uh, very very good book. We got a listener suggested parting gift. This was sent to us to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Damien. Damien writes, "If you'll indulge me, I have two parting gifts." What? what are you, Jeff? I know. Get out of here, this? Damien. We're already long, Damien. We've already gone long in this episode. Come on. 
We have VR games to play, Damien. <laughs> Two parting gifts, one for the adults and one for the kids. The one for okay. the kids is a children's book series from Aaron Blabley. You can't be a writer and name be named Blabley, can you? Mm-mm. I guess. Um, They're doing it. Called Pig the Pug. The overall theme of the books is sharing, but what sets this book series apart is the quirky illustrations. The book is quite literally poop humor for young kids, so be forewarned, but it is nonetheless a great bedtime story read. Again, that's Pig the Pug by Aaron Blabley. The one for adults is a rapper I recently discovered, so apologies if I'm late to the party on this one. He goes by NF, and what makes him unique is that he does not curse in any of his songs. The beat is often intense, and his songs touch on mental health and his own struggles as well. I recommend starting with Singles Lost and The Search. Anyway, thanks for the excellent podcast, week in and week out. Funny enough, I just got into him as well literally two days ago. Amazing! And yeah, like some of his songs just amp you up. It, it is, um, I love rap that is not like the surface level stuff that like talks about the heavy subjects. Like, yeah, mental health. Like I hate the rappers who are like, everything's going great. I'm rich as all hell. And it's like, yeah. I love the rappers that are like, I got struggles and I got pain and here's how I'm dealing with it. Amazing. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, uh, NF, check him out. He's fantastic. NF, the uh, Lost and the Search, particularly recommended by Damien. Uh, we appreciate it, Damien. Thank you for sending that in. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on the show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. We love getting them. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Joseph Moran and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. For those fun bumpers, our theme song was composed by White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. If you'd like to get your own swag, our logo on hats and mugs and T-shirts and all sorts of cool stuff, check it out at dlcswag.com, which was created by Jesse J. Anderson. Thank you for that. Also, thanks to our patrons who make this show possible, quite literally make it possible. Without you, patrons, we would not be able to do this. So we are grateful. Our topmost tier of patron is called our Hype Train patrons, and they get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I'm going to do right now. That's right. It's time now to thank our Hype Train patrons. Patrons like Dwayne T. Robinson, Tyler Buckwild Broad, Wonder Rob Dominguez, Kevin Ede. Joe DeFrank, Scott Lambert, Brian Yordan, Hyperboy66, David Epp, Sure You Can, Comedian Aaron Trahan, John Sisko, Relentless Rex, Curtis from Louisville, Michael S., Matt Valdez, Andy Joyce, Anthony Gulas, Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Rickman, Dan Flanagan, Sasan, Adam Denby, Hank Patton, Scooby Diesel, Cheesy Bob, Jonathan Talbert, Victor Valenzuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Chris Zacharias, Will with 1L Harris, Mitchell Ness, Jonathan Putney, Jimmy Radcliffe, Mark Gowland, Malcolm King, Dan Palmino, Scott Hughes, Jenny, Ben, Stu Goss, Kevin Brazel, 
Jonathan Spiceman Forever Schlepfer, Zachary White, Yick, Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show Podcast, Sword Silk, Travis, The Spiceman Silencer, Mike Lombardo, Jackson, Michael Buck, Michael Stadler, Peter Olberg, Nick Strauss Klein, Jed, Josh Peake, Christian Bravery, Taylor Wigert, Octavian Ratsiu, and Jason Novak. Our hype train patrons. We appreciate you. Thank you for making this show possible. All right. Thanks again for listening. See you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.